0: Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, LawyerUp904. For accidents, injuries, and more, LawyerUp904.com.
1: Rise and shine! Ho, 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 Googans! And I am in a good mood today. Good morning, E.T. How are you? Yeah. I couldn't be in a better mood. All forces from all sides have come together for yours truly, and I am just in a happy state of bliss right now. Where do we start? We start with game day, baby. What a game tonight, man. There it is right in front of you. Guess who Vegas now has installed as the favorite to win the AFC South. Any guesses? Your Jacksonville Jaguars. We had quarterback news around the division yesterday, and boy, it speaks well for for the Jags. Let's take the, the big picture of these last three games. Let's narrow down the focus just a little bit, and if you are a playoff team, I say this should be a job you can do. We're coming down the home stretch, and with Ryan Tannehill going on IR yesterday in Nashville, Turning it over to Malik Willis, who has little, you know, to nothing when it comes to experience, the Jaguars will face this gauntlet down the stretch. Zach Wilson, Davis Mills slash Jeff Driscoll, and now Malik Willis. Uh, Not exactly Mahomes, Allen, and Brady staring at you down the end of of the rifle barrel. But nothing can be taken for granted for sure with this football team. It starts tonight. It feeds my overall state of bliss. We've got a prime timer tonight. I've got the family coming over. We're going to be grilling burgers. May have a cold one or two. And hopefully watch the Jaguars take one more step towards cementing their spot in the postseason. All right, full disclosure here. We'll give you a little program alert. What's coming up with the drill over the next uh, uh, Ten days or so. Um, uh, tomorrow morning, it's going to be a special edition of the fifth quarter. The game doesn't get over till you know in so late. So uh, Leon and the boys will be in here guiding you through Jaguars post game from tonight's game. We are going to take a little holiday uh, respite. We'll be back in full force when the entirety of the holidays are over. In the meantime, we'll uh, hold down the fort. I- I'll give you a quick heads up. There are odds on the street that I suffer a four-day suspension next week i'm just saying that's kind of the scuttlebutt around the station i'm hearing that i'm perhaps going to be suspended next week for four days <laughs> so i'll just go ahead and go ahead and nip that in the bud i don't want it to shock anybody but yeah um you know monday obviously is a holiday and yeah i i plan on getting myself suspended on tuesday through friday uh, meanwhile the jags will, will play tonight and t- tonight is important in so many ways but but let's break it down a little bit further. You get a Thursday night game here, which if it goes your way, guess what? You now get a nice little nine day break, don't you? Or I guess it'd be eight day. They'll play probably what, New Year's Eve? I don't have even looked at the last week. They play New Year's Day Sunday, or they play New Year's Eve Saturday? Probably probably Sunday next week, right?
2: I believe it's Sunday, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, there you go. I mean, the 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 plate is the table is set right there. Grab your fork, grab your knife jags, and dig in, man go up to New York tonight in, in a you know in tough weather against a tough football team and just come back with more points. We don't care how you get there. We don't care what it looks like. I'd like for it to stay humming and pretty on offense because man has it these last 6-7 weeks. But if you're looking for this you know, quote-unquote quarterback battle featuring the top 2 picks from last year's draft, sure doesn't look like the weather is going to cooperate with that think we're going to need Travis Etienne to be able to run the football against a very good run defense and hold on to said slippery football when he does, I would expect, uh, you know, but now I will say this, we have an effective, you know, short passing game and I, you know, this is what I mean. We've sparked some big plays with, you know, Agnew coming in motion for just a little, shovel pass, or either Christian Kirk or Zay Jones with just quick slants off the line of scrimmage, catching a ball in stride and getting 8, 10, 12 yards out of it. I think we the Jaguars can run an effective game plan if if that's what the weather calls for. But the Jets' defense is for real. It's what's kept them alive through just really sketch quarterback play. When you're pining for Mike White to return, it tells you what your quarterback situation is. And... Uh, I I don't think this is a last stand for Zach Wilson. He was the number two pick in the draft. They're going to get through this year. The Jets, just like the Jags, go into tonight, though, pointing at a game they feel like they can win and have to to stay in the playoff hunt. They're just a game back in the playoff uh, chase themselves. So hard to believe. I, I think when the NFL threw this in, it was a throwaway game. Ah, let's get these two guys here on a Thursday night, Christmas week. Maybe Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson will be a compelling storyline. And it's uh, certainly expanded into much more than that. So we're uh, obviously going to talk a lot about tonight's just a huge game. It's so, listen, it's one thing to play meaningful games in December. It's another thing to play huge games in December. And we got a huge game tonight, which will continue the Jags on the path to host the biggest home game They've had since, I guess, what, the Bills playoff game. Because we uh, could be trending. And uh, listen, I, I wouldn't mark anything down as an easy W for the Titans. Texans are playing good football. And now you're going to throw Malik Willis in there. Uh, Derrick Henry better run it. Now, thankfully for the Titans, the Texans are awful against the run. They may be the worst team in the league against the run. They're bottom three. So a healthy dose of of Derrick Henry. Uh, might get the Titans into the next week, where I'm pretty sure what's the Dallas Cowboys. I think are up next for the Titans. So, I mean, there's no easy path for Tennessee there, but it's certainly dangerous if you're if you're the Jags or JAG fan to fall into. Well, we might could lose a game and still now let's win them all. Let's just end this thing with a little five game win streak going to the playoffs. Red hot man. The similarities with the '96 season would become obscene at that point because that was a four and seven football team that won their last five in a row to squeak into the playoffs on the last week of the year and went on to make a lot of magic. This is a dangerous Jacksonville Jaguars football team if they get to the postseason because of one guy, right? 16. We're week after week after week putting 16 you know, on the field late to go win us a ball game, and more times than not, 16 is delivering it, with a lot of help from his pass catchers. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of similarities from a from a guy who was here. Boy, that was many moons ago, nineteen ninety six. But is as exciting a stretch. It's the most exciting stretch. I mean, it is. Ninety nine was great, and that's the most exciting day I think was hosting that AFC Championship twenty seventeen. I know is was awesomely exciting as well. But man, for the Jags to squeak into the playoffs, they went on the road, they beat the Bills. Uh, who had never lost a home playoff game and then as like a 19-point underdog, one in Denver who was the best team in the NFL by far. And not to, uh, you know, linger on that, back to the current, the here and now. And by the way, this is all silly chatter if the Jags don't keep taking care of business and go win in New York tonight. be nice to get ahead early, wouldn't it? Even even winning here. Seems like we're behind the eight ball on the scoreboard from the get-go every week. Uh, We trailed last week against Dallas. We certainly know that. Fell behind early. Ultimately, we were down 27-10. We fell behind to the Ravens, allowed them to score first. We fell behind at Nashville twice, uh, 7-0 and 14-7. Fell behind at Detroit and just got walloped. Fell behind to the Raiders, 17-0. How about a quick start? How about a 14-0 lead to work with? What a big game. And what a bright, immediate future can come out of tonight. So give us a Christmas present, man. That's another reason that we're just guiding through bliss this morning. The holiday season is here. It feels like Christmas. It's a little bit chilly out there. It's going to get more than chilly this weekend. Um, no matter what stage of life you're at, and I know, man, it's, it can be stressful when you're a young parent, especially if you've got multiples, man. You're piling them into vans and cars and driving them around, and, but it's also a linger on the special happy fun parts because man when you're going a mile a minute as a 30 something parent up all night trying to get stuff done getting things ready for Santa the family obligations and otherwise you and the wife or you and the husband at some point are just on each other's last nerve then it all comes together with those faces and that joy and um it's a it's a great time of year then when you get older, it's great because, you you know, you can put it more on cruise. Guess what? I'll be doing a lot of Saturday. I'll be watching football, man. That's what I'll be doing. But we'll have a, get, a family get-together. I'm sure you will, too. And, you know, uh, uh, as to the fifth quarter special edition tomorrow morning, uh, we're running on the assumption around here, too. And hopefully it, it, it rings true for the majority of you that it'll be a nice long weekend for you. Tomorrow's probably an off day uh, for many. All right, a National Signing Day yesterday also was a big storyline for sure. Gators kind of held it together. They're about where we uh, they were when we left you yesterday. They did fall a couple of spots. I believe they lost a four-star to UCF. Again, I'm no recruit Nick. And here's the litmus test for that. Um, What is this? This 2023 class. So last year at this time, we welcomed the 2022 class. So if any of you out there just show of hands can tell me who the marquee players were in the 2021 class. I'll take some answers. Right? We'll see what these kids become. They come in very well-acclaimed Billy Napier for a first recruiting job for a program that's had back-to-back six and seven seasons, getting a top-ten recruiting finish, which is uh, where they have settled in the consensus rankings. is a job pretty well done. Now, look, be very fortunate if you really hit on what your eyes are telling you. We'll hear from Billy Napier coming up this morning. Talks about um, what's in with the recruiting class. Told you yesterday that Jaden Rashada was, there were rumors he was going to wait a day to, to um, uh, announce, but he didn't. He signed with Florida yesterday. He is kind of the plum of the recruiting class. Uh, the Gators through the transfer portal yesterday. Looks like made it official with Graham Mertz. Not huge on this pickup. I, I don't know, maybe in a different system. Uh, Mertz, who, who has flashed, he had an unbelievable debut. He was like the highest rated high school quarterback to ever go to Wisconsin. And they played like an early Thursday nighter against someone, and he was fantastic. I mean, he looked like he was on his way to becoming the college football's next uh, superstar, and that was the high point, uh, you know, up until now, and he's been an under 60% passer, is more like a two-to-one interception ratio. So he, he's not been a superstar by any means. Certainly some insurance in the quarterback room. There'll be those that'll tell you Mertz is a solid pickup. I, you know, what, what I've seen of him doesn't get me excited. I mean, it looks like we're back in, like, the Appleby and Del Rio, you know, state of quarterbacking uh, in Gainesville. But uh, overall, the recurring class uh, ends up in a pretty good spot for Florida. Alabama uh, hit it big again. They flipped another five-star. They ended up with six five-stars in their class. They're the number one class. Georgia's number two, and they only have one five-star, so that shows you. I mean, Alabama added six five-stars and 24-stars. Georgia added one five-star and 21 four-stars. Both big numbers. And then you go to Miami's third and listen to this disparity. So the number, look, it's in sequential order. But the gaps between the rankings can be large. Alabama has six five-stars and 24-stars. Miami is third. They have three five-stars and 13 four-stars. And then fill it out with nine three-stars, which is the most of any program in the top ten, except for Oregon, who had 11. Florida, by the way, at the end tally, or at least where they stand now, and there are a couple guys out still uh, to make an announcement that Florida is hopeful, but I would say doubtful to land. Zero five-stars, but 16 four-stars. Pretty hefty uh, load of four-stars. Billy Napier is always, you know, as any coach will tell you on this day, likes his class. And you'll hear from him coming up uh, just a little bit later. Florida State, by the way. Uh, settled in at 20. The Noles are top five in the transfer portal rankings, and those are important in today's day and age. Look what it did last year for FSU. Look what it did for TCUs in the playoff. You know, winning the transfer portal game is becoming, you know, gosh, I don't want to say it's as important as the freshman recruiting signing day, but it, it might be more important because, at least immediately, because these classes, even with the five stars, the freshman impact you get next year, Probably not going to be as great as some junior or senior who's already done it at a Power 5 school. Gators got a linebacker from Ohio State yesterday they're excited about as well. And FSU continues to win in the transfer portal. And uh, as for their recruiting class, 20th overall. Got other recruiting uh, news and notes as we move through this morning as well. It's, you know, uh, uh, an important day for sure when you're building programs. All right, uh, let's do this. Let's take our quick, uh, our first quick break. I'm in a giving mood today too. It's Christmas. You know what I have here in front of me? I have my entire dailies stash. I want to go on a journey of discovery? Let's let's come back. <laughs> I'll do this. I'll do this for my producer in there. Let's come back and play weather or not. What do you think of that? Oh, he's, that's my jam. Uh, he, yeah, he's already. He's. he's I seen him kind of bobbing and weaving and you know, bouncing up and down in there. Got him excited. 64110 uh, to play whether or not. As I said, I'm going to empty my dailies stash. There you go. Let's go on this wonderful journey of discovery. We'll do it. Let's see what I got for you. I got a free dash sandwich or sub. <laughs> I have a, uh, well, first one here. It looks like not a lot of these left, but you're going to get a free dash breakfast sandwich. Uh, how about a free dash salad? I'll throw that in there. Here's a free dash smoothie. There you go. That's yours. What else I got? What about a free works car wash? Done. Um, it's Journey of Discovery, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look at this. This looks delicious. Free dash Sunday with topping. That's yours. Um, they like, already call it. It's like coffee and drinks right of. Oh, look at this. Free dash milk steak. A milkshake. Milk steak. Somebody's on the carb diet. Um, there's a milkshake. Throw that in. What else we got? Here's any Dash coffee free. Okay, you can have it. Um, Oh, here's a free fountain drink, 20 ounces. That's yours. Journey of Discovery. Uh, Here's a free Dash soft serve ice cream cone. Boom. Um, A free Dash sundae with topping. Did I give that away already? I did now, pal. It's all yours. Journey of Discovery. Riches. Look at all this. When we return, it's whether or not six four one ten ten. If you want to play along, the Pro Bowl was announced yesterday. I'll let you know if any Jags cracked the list. It's been kind of a late surge. Anybody caught eye enough to make it uh, into the Pro Bowl, which isn't really a Pro Bowl anymore. It's more just kind of a gathering of uh, NFL celebration. But anyway, load up those phone lines six four one ten ten. We'll play whether or not for this daily's stocking stuffer when we return next on the drill. It's a custom tree surgeon's Thursday. The last second, pre-com, pre-communications, good thing I asked. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been a terrible way to start the segment, what I was about to do. Uh, instead, we're going to start weather or not. It's a dicey day out there, gang. I mean, I don't know if I need to mind freak you today. I think you might just get weather freaks. We got all kinds of just calamitous right weather all over the country, man. Stuff is spiking up and down and around. People are just going to get bombarded with bad weather. We'll see how you do today. We'll start. uh, we got a couple of Marks uh, on deck. First, we'll start over there in Bartram with uh, Mark. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, Mark. Here's what I need you to tell me. Real simple here. You know how the game's played, right? Yes, sir. All right. Which of these two cities will be warmer today? Indianapolis or Seattle? Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, it will be 40 degrees today. I'm sorry, 39 degrees today. And uh, Seattle, 26. So, yeah, Indianapolis warmer. Which of those two, this is just a bonus question. Which of those two will be colder today?
3: Probably
1: Seattle. Yeah. See, I should have asked you that one. You'd be out of here. That's the weird thing here. Seattle's 26 for the high, 23 for the low. Ready for Indy? Indy's 39 for the high, minus 2 for the low. Going to be blowing through. All right, we're going to the uh, world round here with this daily's prize pack. He's just going to grinch it, isn't he? He's just just, going to run right into the living room and take that stocking and head right back up the chimney. So let's see what we got here. Which of these two world cities will be colder today, Baghdad or Amsterdam? Amsterdam. Amsterdam 44, Baghdad 54. We got a winner. Everyone stay on hold. I'm not done. Look at that. Get Mark's info. Awesome. Mark, congratulations, good job. That's just I, I can't finish like that. So you put Mark on hold. We got three open lines. These I, I'm not. These guys waited all the way through the break. I gave them poor effort there. It's not going to affect my mood. All right, let me see where we're going here. Um, we're we're just going to head out to I10. We're just going to hit the road with another Mark. Hello, Mark. Good morning. You
0: there? Hey, yeah, Jeff, are they ever going to finish this um, interchange at 301 and, and I-10 out here? I mean, I just, what are we, 10 years into this? I, I
1: just checked, and the answer is no. They're, ne- they're, <laughs> they're never, I'm <laughs> just looking at it. They're never, ever, ever going to finish it. All right, which of these? Oh, man, I, want, I want that
0: contract, man. If I'm, uh, if I'm in the business, I want uh, that
1: contract. Never,
0: Gee, man, these, these.
1: never ends. Which of these two cities will be colder today? Asheville, North Carolina, or Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Which will be colder today?
0: Colder today. Yeah. We're gonna go with. Um, I'm. I'm gonna say you're not trying to change me up. I'm gonna say that's a fastball, and I'm gonna swing at uh, Milwaukee.
1: Milwaukee. It's gonna be nine. Asheville is gonna be eleven. Under oh, the barely. under under the world round. This segment is uh, going a lot shorter than the 301 interchange. All right. Um, Which of these two cities will be warmer today? Montreal or Moscow? Which will be warmer today?
0: Oh, gee. (laughs) Uh, Warmer today. Warmer
1: today. Montreal or Moscow? What do we got?
0: I'm going to go Moscow because uh, Putin is probably, like, testing some nuclear stuff and heating everything up over there.
1: Okay. Moscow, 29. Montreal... Thirty-three. Get out of here! Merry Christmas. I got him. One open phone line. I got basically, I can just recube basically the same dailies deliciousness that the first winner got. That's what we're playing for here. I don't want you to think you're going to get through. Oh, I'm sorry. We got nothing to give. Uh, one open phone line, 641-1010. Let's go to uh, Darren in St. John's. Darren, are you ready? I'm ready, sir. All right, Darren, which of these two cities will be colder today? Louisville, Or Nashville, which will be colder today, Louisville or Nashville?
4: Let's go Louisville.
1: Louisville's going to go down to four degrees, man. But unfortunately, Nashville's going down to three. Ouch! That's the mind freak we know and love. Frosty's hat's done blown off now, gang. Where's your magic? Uh, let's go to uh, Let's go to Lauren. Out at my stomping grounds. Hello, Lauren. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Lauren. Which of these two cities will be warmer today? Oklahoma City or New York City? Which will be warmer today? Oklahoma City or New York City?
5: New York City.
1: New York City City is going to hit the high temperature today of 47 degrees. Oklahoma City, 12 degrees. It's a blowout win. We go to the world round. Go. Which of these two cities, for all of the cash and caboodle, which of these two cities Will be colder today. Seoul, South Korea, or Beijing, China? Which will be colder today, Seoul or Beijing? Uh, give me Seoul. Seoul is going to hit seven degrees today. Beijing, twelve. You are a winner, Lauren. You stay on the line. Uh, that's all I got for you for now. For now, I got a big Santa sack here. You never know what we might break out later. A very. I think it's just just the spirit of Christmas, E.T. I can't bring the devilish mind freak, you know, into full effect today. It's just too glorious a time of year.
2: We got a little freaky, though.
1: A little bit. We got a couple of them. That's hard. But, yeah, game's over. So get Lauren's information, and we'll throw together a prize pack uh, for him as well today. So I have another reason. I'm in just a great mood. I'm in a terrific mood, okay? 15, I'm down now on this godforsaken diet plan. 15 LBs, baby. I did it. I'm about to blow right back up. 15. I can't believe the self-control that I've shown now for about six weeks. Ah, It's been miserable. I continue. I forge on. I was ready to just out and out, quit, just order a large pizza and then go to one of these ice cream places and just get the biggest batch of whatever they had. But I'm now reinvigorated as we have now dropped an official 15 pounds on this Carnivorous nonsense. Oh, you dropped 15. 15, ET. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Where did it go? He looks the same to me. Right? <laughs> it's interesting if you do lose a little bit of weight. The difference in seeing someone every day or someone seeing you like for the first time in three months or a year or whatever it is it's it that, that's that's always interesting because i wouldn't yeah i'm you know I, i'm like you et if i see you every day i would never notice would right notice it sorry to notice but don't see a guy for uh, two or three months so i hope <laughs> when you see me out and about you go wow that He's lost some weight i mean it, it came uh you know it didn't come cheap do I have an AFC championship in my Santa sack? They're asking me on the text line to sign my lifetime enclosures. Uh, I would most certainly, Guggens. I would deliver that for you if, if, if we can get one. If I can find that down in there. I promise you I will be, I will be happy to deliver it. So the Pro Bowl uh, selections were announced yesterday. Going into this by the way, uh, rightfully, just the whole spectacle was tamped down a little bit, usually leading into Pro Bowl night. It's kind of a talker, isn't it? I, yet, I don't feel like we missed that story yesterday. It wasn't really percolating. I mean, that's because if you haven't caught up yet, there is no more Pro Bowl game. They're going to have skills competitions and flag football games, apparently unaware of Robert Edwards and the way his career ended. But nonetheless, I mean, I is it just me or, I mean, what I, I fear a flag football game injury-wise with those guys as much as the tackle game. Yep. Right? Take a cut on that turf, man. I mean, what if Jalen Waddle's going to blow out a... Well, if he's not in the game, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill going to blow out a knee? Uh, But anyway, yeah, the the typical Pro Bowl game is gone now. It's a thing in the past, and it had become just a joke anyway, right? They'd say hike. Both lines of scrimmage would just stand up, and then they'd just, you know... Somebody might score touchdown. That's what it felt like, but nonetheless, you need to kind of keep, I think the tradition of honoring the best players through the pro Bowl voting like we have for years and years and years. You need it comparatively when you look back in history to compare eras and otherwise. it's a you know I, t- look the ultimate is the all pro you know that then you're voting for the best at every position. It's never down to a fifth alternate. There's no you know there's there's not as much uh, gray area when it comes to the all pro team but Nonetheless, Pro Bowl forever we've used as some sort of marker. Was there anyone on the Jags, back to the initial question, that you felt like would, should, or could be a Pro Bowler? E.T., anyone jump out to you? Anyone f- fit that?
2: At first, I was a little upset that Aluokin didn't yeah. make it. You know, he leads the league in tackles. Mm-hmm. But he's, uh, like he's not filling out the, the box scores in the other areas. Yeah,
1: and, and you, the Jags' defense hasn't been great, right? They haven't won until recently. Look, the key is this. If the Jaguars right now were 10-4, and four, they'd have Pro Bowlers. They would. You know, Zay Jones' season or would be a bigger deal, or Evan Ingram's season, really. Statistically, it would be a bigger deal. Trevor Lawrence's impact would be even more greatly noted. Now, fairly, if they were 10-4 and four right now, the numbers would be even better than they are right now. But um, if I was thinking of a, of a pro bowler, though, from this football team, I, I had a hard time coming up with one. I would have had a hope to lean on maybe the interior of the offensive line and Brand Sheriff on his reputation and his play this year. I saw an interesting. Where is this though? I saw an interesting. I th- I hope I screenshotted this. Um, but but it was a list of the highest rated Jaguars this year. Yeah, here you are. The twenty twenty two. Top 10 grades, pro football focus. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean, you know, Pro Bowl. Tyson Campbell's in a tough spot, right? He's he's at a very marquee position, and he has not captured the nation's attention yet. So even though he plays, I think, like a Pro Bowler most weeks, and I think if you analytically looked at uh, Tyson Campbell, you know, you might want to consider him. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, by the way, won a- AFC Defensive Player of the Week uh, yesterday. He's had a solid year. But again, you're a 6-8 football team. We're not asking for the Pro Bowl, you know, top six from what we've seen out of our Jaguars. We're comparing it to the rest of the league. So, spoiler alert, no Pro Bowlers for the Jags. But um, in that same neighborhood, here are the top ten graded Jaguars this year. Uh, one conspicuous absence. Uh, There's there's, there's an absence on here that, uh, you know, (laughs) anyway, you'll see if you can figure it out. I'm going to read you the top 10 graded Jaguars. You tell me the absence that jumps out at you, okay? Uh, Number one is Tyson Campbell. Season grade 79.6. Trevor Lawrence has already reached, by the way, I also saw a list yesterday of top five quarterbacks. Trevor's fifth. Now against the league and the you know the five were, were 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 Mahomes, Allen, you know Hertz and and who, Burrow, maybe maybe even Herbert, maybe, no it's Burrow. You're right, you're Burrow. It's some some form of those. Um, and so they were. They, he was fifth. He's cracked fifth. That's how good he's playing. Uh, his season grade at quarterback seventy seven point three. That's tied for second. Uh, this safety is tied for the second-best grade on the team. Hadn't played near as much. Our boy Dewey, Andrew Wingard, 77.3. Arden Key, the fourth-highest graded. Hadn't translated to a ton of uh, numbers, but it it tells you that he's doing his job when he's in there and being asked. Josh Allen, hadn't piled up sacks. He finds his way on the outs, I think, sometimes with with the fan base from the standpoint that he's just not delivering sack numbers. But he continues to grade well, and like I said, man, uh, Allen is a tough one for me. You know, you go, you get disappointed and you don't factor in anything but his sack stats and you let a guy like Josh Allen go, you know, even if it's six or seven, if you're getting other things, if you're getting, you know, a, a motivated football player, who's great in the locker room, who sets a terrific example for the younger guys who, and that's by all accounts what Josh Allen is as a teammate and as a. I guess in this case, employee. so I don't know. It, I think that grade is higher than most Jags fans would have thought. He's the fifth highest graded player on the team. Number six, Christian Kirk. Number seven, Travis Etienne. Number eight, Zay Jones. Number nine, Devon Hamilton. And number 10, Andre Cisco. Now, who did I not say? Tyson Campbell, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Wingard, Arden Key, Josh Allen, Christian Kirk. Travis Etienne, Zay Jones, Devon Hamilton, Andre Sisco. The 10 highest grade. There's only 22, man. I didn't say Trayvon Walker, did I? Uh-huh. Who's played an awful lot of snaps as the number one pick in the draft. So here's hoping his development, right, really shoots into overdrive this offseason with a year under his belt. That's a marquee pick in position. You need. I. I. I if you drafted him, To be five sacks and do other things well, I will argue until the cows come home, you do not spend the number one pick on a player who does that. If you draft an edge rusher number one overall, he has got to be a 12, 13, 15 sack guy. Trayvon Walker has flashed at times. Maybe he can be that. We need him to be that. What's he got? Three and a half sacks? Isn't that what we said? Yep. Hutch has seven. You know, outside shot of getting double digits. Anyway. Uh, Trayvon, I'll tell you who else, the guy that we just put in the in the in the Pro Bowl, Foyer Aluakan, also not on the list of the top ten highest graded Jaguars. And what a fall, by the way, for the rookie linebacker Devin Lloyd, who got up to such a terrific start. Defensive rookie of the month in in the first month of the year. Or so, um I don't know. Just thought that was interesting along in in correlation with No Jaguars making the list. Not really even listed among any snubs. As you might expect, the Eagles loaded up. The most selections, eight players, six were voted in as starters. The Cowboys and Chiefs next with seven selections each. Uh, By the way, the Jags had to go through all three of those teams. Went one and two against them. The Pro Bowl these days determined by a combination of vote by fans, coaches, and players. Um, Top votes... From fans, as part of the equation, went to a Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey. Seems the fans got it right. Uh, they also made uh, the Pro Bowl team. It'll be February fifth, and again, it's now just kind of a skills uh, competition. There's not, there's more than one flag football game, by the way. Um, but the Jags, if uh, any of our Jags are going to participate in the Pro Bowl festivities in Vegas, they'll have to fly out there themselves. Big game tonight. Let's turn our attention to a football fix couple other news and notes and items from tonight's Jags, Jets, prime timer. By the way, get used to your Jaguars in prime time. If this season can play out, if the Jags can live up to, uh, if you missed it earlier, Jags now the betting favorite in Vegas to win the AFC South. And if they do make that progression, go into the playoffs, they'll host a home playoff game, man. I give them a, uh, give them a chance for sure to win a playoff game even. With Trevor Lawrence emerging, emerging as a superstar in this league, get used to your Jaguars in primetime. They're going to be there a bunch. Of, if this team wins the division, wins a playoff game, they'll three or four times next year they'll put Trevor Lawrence in primetime. So, man, what an exciting corner to finally turn here as a franchise. And man, it looks like the long vision extends further out than than it has in franchise history. So. Um, all right, congrats to our winners And whether or not. Who knows? Maybe we'll play again later, but we do have a busy day scheduled for you. Doc Kevin Murphy will uh, join us today. And um, we'll go through all the uh, uh, pertinent injuries that are out there. It uh, looks like the Jags again without, without Trayvon Walker and, and Fadakasi this week. Not sure they made the trip, in fact. I'll double-check that in, in the break. But, um, look, they, they won without Walker and for most of the game without Fadakasi on Sunday. But, buddy. You know, in a game where it could be, you know, wet, slippery, and run dominated, those are two big pieces of your run defense with Adakasi and Walker. Don't kid yourself. A football fix when we return. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday on the drill. All right, look, uh, one tricky thing about analytics. And and you see this every Monday. Some stat will emerge from the ESPN Stats and Info or Football Outsiders or wherever it is. For the first time with uh, less than three minutes to go and more than 71 and a half yards with the moon in a quarter wax with the sun just above the horizon. You know, it just gets so drawn out and extrapolated that you wonder just what kind of measure it is. But, man, I have a hard time finding any kind of yeah-but to this analytic I've been forwarded concerning Trevor Lawrence. This is oof impressive. Trevor Lawrence, this season, has six times had a game with a passer rating over 105, with 30-plus attempts, completing 70% or better, with at least a touchdown and no interceptions. He's had six games like that. You go, boy. Trevor Lawrence, they've played 14, almost half the games. He's passed it at least 30 times for a 70% or better completion percentage, with at least a touchdown and no interceptions and a passer rating of 105 or better. Six times he's done that. You know how many times any quarterback in AFC history has done that? Zero. Never. Not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen, not Peyton Manning, not Joe, uh, not John Elway, not Tom Brady. Never in the history of the American Football Conference has a quarterback in one season had six such games. Only one other quarterback in league history has done it. It was Drew Brees in 2013. Trevor has done this in 14 games. That's an analytic I can get up close and personal with. That's an analytic that'll keep you warm in the winter right there, man. We got three games to go. Trevor Lawrence could conceivably become the first quarterback in NFL history to hit all those high marks that many times in one year. All right, among the uh, uh, as to the Pro Bowl snub storyline, or did the Jags have a snub? Listen, a good point is Logan Cook, the Jags punter. He's probably the best argument, but he was not the punter. I don't know who the punter was because I don't particularly care for punters not named Logan Cook, but he was not uh, the punter designee. Uh, a lot of people are, are pitching Foyer Lewican's, you know, uh, tackle total as a reason that he should be on there. Um, some wonder why we don't have an offensive lineman on the list. The O-line has performed pretty good, hadn't it? All right, now let's get to some diciness about tonight's game. As uh, Again, well, let me get the latest weather forecast because every time I look, it's gotten worse. Um. Actually, let's even do better than that. Let's do MetLife Stadium weather. Come on. Come along with me, gang. All right. um, MetLife Stadium. Uh, Let's go. Oh, boy. Here we go. You know what? The the super cold weather, you know, at um, at least that hasn't hit. The super cold weather hasn't gotten there yet. Let me see what we've got here for today's uh forecast. It's gonna get a little bit uglier as we go through. Uh, this is not doing it at all. Hold on. Stand by. Gosh dog it. Um that life's sending me these rogue sites. Uh here we go. Weather I us go to weather.com. I don't know. It feels comfy to me. Here's what we got for today's hourly forecast gang, and it is um it's it's a doozy. You know, the game doesn't kick off until tonight, so you know, obviously, with the nighttime. All right, here we go. Right now, we're sitting at 38 degrees. Up there, that's not bad. It's just partly cloudy. What time's the game kick? Eight o'clock, basically. All right. the The rains begin really in earnest at noon. There's a 98 percent chance of rain at noon. The wind isn't so bad then. The temperature is in the low 40s. And then at one, it's 96 percent. At two, it's 93. At three, it's 91. At 4, the winds start to pick up. We're up to 10 miles an hour. It's a 97% chance of rain. Let's fast forward to 7 o'clock. The winds are now 15 miles an hour. There's a 98% chance of rain. When the game kicks off at 8 o'clock, it's going to be 49 degrees with a 100% chance of rain and winds of 15 miles an hour. And when the game goes final about 11 It's going to be 99% chance of rain and winds are 17 miles an hour. Now, these are the sustained winds. So imagine what the gusts are going to be. It is going to be blustery. It's going to be ugly. And I would imagine it is going to be tough at times to, one, hold on to the football, two, to get in any kind of offensive rhythm. I do not want to get into a defensive standoff with the New York Jets. They're better. Their defense is better. No slight to what we are and the run that we're on, the offense, and and given great conditions, I I would be uh, confident. Dallas came to town with a great defense. We lit them up for 40. The, The Jets are the number three defense in the NFL in yards allowed. Only 300 yards a game. I mean, that's like a typical Trevor passing game. It's all they're giving up. They do give up 115 uh, on the ground, and that takes them more down around, you know, the top 10. It's by far, if you're going to do something against the Jets, you better run the football. They're also a great scoring defense. They're giving up less than 19 points a game. They're fourth in the league. This is this is tough. You got to go way down to find the Jags. And to that end, I bring you this injury report, which does not coincide with, an you know, the, the, the premier situation. Outside linebacker, Trayvon Walker, ankle injury, did not practice, ruled out for tonight's game. Defensive tackle, Foley, Fatakasi, ankle injury, did not practice, out for the game. We already know that we're, we're going to be counting on a young cat on the offensive line in a premier position against a good defense with Walker Little, but against a Jets team that I'm sure is not going to count on Zach Wilson in those conditions to lead them. They're going to they're hand the ball off. They got this guy, Zonovan Knight, has emerged. James Robinson, it's, it'll be interesting to see him tonight. He has not been a part of the Jets' offense at all. I'd imagine both teams are going to try and run the ball, you know, just straight up, match up, head-to-head. That might be a small advantage for the Jags. They have the best running back of the group on the field. will be Travis Etienne. Let's see him have a big one. Bust a couple. Get us 160 tonight, man. Make it your night. He had that game. Which game? Was it the Raiders game? We had like 160 yards one game. We need that kind of game. But when it comes to stopping the Jets, their running attack, which is they're going to continue to pound with because they expect to play good defense, run the football. No Fadakasi, no Trayvon Walker. The game went the way you wanted against the Cowboys. You won, but it also went like this. Every time they handed it to Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard, it felt like they got seven or eight yards, didn't it? Well, in a game like tonight, after they get that seven or eight, unlike the Dallas Cowboys, they're not going to do play action and pass the ball. They're going to turn around and hand it off again and again and again. Jets have some injury uh, issues of their own, but I uh, would prefer to focus on, on, uh, by the way, Also, get to see Quincy Williams again too. Linebacker's been all over the field. I know he's been banged up as well. I, I'll I will touch on the uh, the Jet side of the injury bug um, when we get back. Because I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to come back on, on the seven o'clock side. We'll go ahead and offer up a football fix there. Also, going to get into some recruiting news and notes. Um, we want to hear from Billy Napier, of Florida. You know, listen. Some people, why don't we hear from Mike Norvell? Why don't we hear from Mario Cristobal? Because Florida puts their stuff up on the feed that we get, Ross. That's why. ET can find me Mike Norvell on the feed in there. We'll hear from Mike Norvell. He can find me Mario Cristobal. We'll hear from Mario Cristobal. He got a Kirby Smart. We'll hear from Kirby as well. But the Gators, for their part, put it out there. So uh, we shall see. Anyway, uh, we're up and rolling. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. My surging good mood continues on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, we're back on a Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. I got the Jets' injury report here. There's really only two names, I think, on this list that matter. One of them really matters. Um, uh, quarterback Mike White, who we knew was out already, has been listed it out. They got a couple of receivers, Denzel Mims, Jeff Smith. But if you're, you're talking about the pass game up there, right, you're 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 more focused on Garrett Wilson. The rookie's been terrific. Um, Corey Davis returns tonight. So if you're missing Jeff Smith and Denzel Mims, I, that ain't no big loss, especially on a weather night like tonight. But... Uh, defensive lineman Quinnen Williams, who's been terrific, I'm pretty sure, was named a Pro Bowler yesterday. Now um, he, he, he's practiced in full, but he does have an ankle, and he's listed as questionable. So uh, we'll see. They've got their running back Zonovan Knight, who's really emerged the rookie. He's questionable, but again, went through a full practice yesterday. I would imagine both those guys would play. One thing is is you know the same in this game. This game has the same urgency for the Jets. They are also in the you know in the playoff hunt. So this game is going to mean just as much for them as it does uh, for the Jags. So, look, it, a couple of people have pointed this out on the text line and otherwise. This is where hopefully December football, you can rely on the fact that you got the better coach and the better quarterback. With all due respect to Robert Salah, who's, who's, you know, collecting some of those receipts that he wanted to. But with all due respect, we got a guy who won the Super Bowl, man. We got a guy who's taking young quarterbacks and uh, to very high heights who's beating Bill Belichick in the biggest stage in football with Tom Brady in his prime, right? And Trevor Lawrence is miles ahead from every uh, Jets quarterback. If you combine them into one robo-quarterback, it took the best skills of each. We have the better quarterback, hopefully quarterback-coach combo, which is oh so important to the the ultimate big picture. And this small slice of a picture tonight could be a difference maker. Got to have this game, man. Got to have this game. Oh, what a Merry Christmas weekend it'll be if the Jags can just put this one to, belt, uh, to, to bed and under the tree for us. Oh, just how relieved and happy. We're going to be walking on air around here uh, it, going into the holiday weekend. Just sit back and just pull for those Titans to lose again. It's getting fun. There is no scenario where the Jags wrap it up. It's going to The best the Jags can do is have it come down to the Titans game. Because the Jags are a game back now. Let's say they win and the Titans lose uh, this week and we're tied. And then say next week, Jags win, Titans lose. We got a one-game lead. Well, you're still going to have to turn around and beat the Titans. They'd have the better overall division record. So, I I don't believe there's a scenario where the Jags can go into the last week having already wrapped it up. Now, I, I might should double-check the Titans' uh, division record because the head-to-head would be the same, and then you go to division record. Uh for the Jags to get there, they'd win two more division games they would get to four and two if the Titans lost, yeah they would have two yeah you have to win that game because the the Titans would take the better division record even if they lose to Houston this week if they beat the Jags, they'll be four and two and if the Jags split they'd be three and three so yeah it, no matter what happens, the Titans doesn't matter what they do the next two weeks, except for the, the insurance that you get if the Jaguars lose I'm not uh, don't mean to undersell that. By the way, you ask, we deliver. Not only Bill and Napier, we'll have Mike Norvell coming up here in just a bit. But uh, before we get to yesterday's uh, you know, re- signing day news, let's queue up a football fix. Football fix is brought to you by Allstate agent Mandy Bowers and Mandarin. Uh, you never get any bad surprises with Mandy and her team. When you have an issue, that's when you know if you have the right insurance agent. What happens when something goes wrong? Well, I'll tell you what happens when something goes wrong and you're with Mandy's agency, with her group. You get the very best. You get the assurance along with insurance. Are your home insurance rates out of control? Mandy's got a variety of home insurance carriers. They insure both new and older homes. Don't forget, this time of year, protect your toys, cars, golf carts, motorcycles, boats, ATVs, RVs. Mandy and her team at H is top-notch. No matter your insurance need, they've got you covered. All right, I mentioned the Pro Bowl teams. Uh, Look, I don't know if you could call any Jaguar a, quote, snub. Jacks have had a lot of guys have good years. Uh, They've had guys play like Pro Bowlers the last three or four weeks. But over the course of 14, don't get anyone elected to the squad. By the way, as uh, another reminder, there is no Pro Bowl game. It's a skills contest, flag football, that kind of thing. Eagles send eight to Vegas. Dallas and Kansas City each get seven. Uh, Jags played uh, even up really with all three of those football teams. All right, as we talk about the the road for the division for the Jags and winning the title, and you know certainly you want to win the Jets game tonight. There is a reality that even losing the Jets game tonight, you're not you're you're not cooked. You're probably still an even. I don't even like thinking this way because I I, I am nervous about Houston. I am nervous about going to Houston, gang. I'm nervous. Houston has beaten us nine times in a row. Look, the Jags should have should have beaten the Texans last time we played them here. Out through six points through three and a half quarters. Couldn't find a way to win. But the Titans are having to go to Malik Willis, second-year quarterback who has hardly played. Ryan Tannehill, done for the year. Which means Willis will be here in Jacksonville to end the season. And and again, the tiebreaker goes the Jaguars' way if they win that game. So you know, suddenly for Tennessee, they got to play Houston this week at home with Malik Willis. They got to play the Cowboys with Malik Willis. I would say odds are better than not that they lose one of those two games with that quarterback situation. And again, to go kind of micro-manage uh, the picture that's there for the Jaguars to make the playoffs to end with three more wins. I'll use the frame, all you gotta All you got to do is beat Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, and Malik Willis. Not exactly a murderer's row of quarterback opponents. Mentioned yesterday, Steelers Hall of Famer for Franco Harris, they passed during the show, 72 years old. We talked a lot about the Immaculate Reception. They were planning a big, you know, reunion around that this weekend. It's actually, I believe, what is today's date? The 23rd, tomorrow the 23rd is the exact anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. One thing I learned yesterday watching all of the retrospect on Franco Harris in his career, but that Steelers dynasty really took off from that immaculate reception. I didn't realize that was Franco Harris's rookie year. He was just 22 years old.
2: Yeah, back, he was 22? Yeah.
1: Wow. 22 when he made that play 50 years ago. Wow. And it was at the time the Steelers' first playoff win. And look what they've become. They've won, what, six Super Bowls since then, and that Steelers team – you know, of, of the 1970s, one of the most dominant uh, teams of, of really any era. Won back-to-back Super Bowls twice, four in all. Franco Harris, a big part of that. All right. Well, the Colts are benching Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has just ridden a uh, elevator there.
2: Oh, he done done.
1: Yeah, and and you know, probably rightly so. I, I came upon this retrospective. It's so unfair to Matt Ryan because he's the quarterback he's not the defensive coordinator or a corner or anything else but i've got this list the screenshot list of the games that matt ryan has been the quarterback that his team has blown i don't put this on him he's gotten his team in position if you have like a 16 point lead with two minutes to go it's not the quarterback's fault but nonetheless there's the you know coup de gras of all time both regular and super bowl history uh, Matt Ryan up 33-0 to the Vikings last week. They lost the game. They were up 28-3 uh, against the Patriots late third quarter in the Super Bowl. Lost that game. Uh, here's a game. They were up against the Cowboys 39-24, 457 57 to go. Lost the game. They were up uh, against the Bears 26-10, six minutes to go. Lost the game. They were up on the Bucs 24-7, four and a half minutes to go. Lost the game. Man, he has set through some calamity, some in-game calamity in his career. But it's our buddy Nick Foles going to get another start. This will be the sixth team that Nick Foles has started for. Who are they? Can you name them?
2: Kansas City. Kansas City. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Um, The Colts.
1: The Col- well, yeah, the Colts. They're the um, sixth.
2: Um Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Uh, Philly.
1: Yeah, the obvious one, Philly. Uh,
2: you
1: got two more for me?
2: Uh, I don't.
1: Uh, the Rams, for sure, because okay, that's where really traded them.
2: That's where he started. Yeah. I, but
1: you know what? Who was uh, the, uh, the Bears, right? I'm sure he started a game for the Bears. Hey,
2: yeah.
1: I, I, well, it has to be. I think that's the only other team he's played for. Let's see. Let me take a quick look here. Let's just verify who Nick Foles has started games for. Um, Foles. Still just, I say just, 33. Yeah, he started games for the
6: Bears.
1: (laughs) Um, In his career, 82 touchdowns, 43 picks, a career passer rating of 87.3. His brief blip in Jacksonville where he was the answer until he wasn't. Um, That year he had an 84 quarterback rating, played in only four games, three touchdowns, two picks. It was surprising when we went through the list of Jaguars. I gave you that list of the top ten touchdown passes. And the fact that Foles only had three is entirety here. Continuing with Football Fix, brought to you by Allstate agent Mandy Bowers and Mandarin. All right, uh, I think there's an argument for flexing the Christmas Day games because the NFL's ended up with a stinker on Christmas Day. They got the Rams and and the Broncos in one game. They've got uh, the Arizona Cardinals in a game against the Patriots and the Cardinals, to make matters worse, down to their third-string quarterback. It'll be Chase McSorley in for Colt McCoy, who was in for Kyler Murray. And for McSorley, it's his first NFL start. Probably not a good equation against the Patriots in that defense. Uh, Dak Prescott, after losing here to Jacksonville over the weekend, says a showdown with the Eagles this weekend is a statement to ourselves. In other words, we're not trying to send a message to the league or to the Eagles, but we need to remind ourselves how good we can be because we just lost at Jacksonville who, by the way, is a very good team. That's a funny one, man. uh, Is it inconceivable that Gardner Minshew steps in and the Eagles just keep rolling along? They certainly are the best team in the NFC, and the NFC East is all but theirs, but they do have to uh, have a game in Dallas this weekend. Uh, Chase Young remains out for the Commanders. It feels like he's closer to return, still coming back from a knee injury. And that... It's a football fix. You're welcome. Brought to you by Allstate agent Andy Bowers in Mandarin. All right. Um, I, some of the interesting national notes. Uh, Notre Dame lost some guys. They fell a little bit in the recruiting uh, rankings. Bama supplemented the number one class I went through before. They got twice as many three-star, uh, five-star players as any other program on uh, signing day. Bama ended up with six yesterday. By comparison, Georgia, the number two class, only one five-star. Like combo four and five stars. Alabama, 26. Georgia, 22. Uh, Florida, to their end, had 16, all four stars. They did get Jaden Rashada in. Billy Napier's going to talk about him in just a second. Uh, the Knowles look 20th. Um, it's a lower number of signees at 16 right now, but they also are doing great in the transfer portal, where they are... The, the transfer portal rankings I looked at went 1-50. to 50. The Gators don't show up. and And FSU, I believe, was either 3rd or 5th in that ranking, so that's a big part of, of this time of year and what you're adding to your football team, um, you know, both short and long-term. So first, let's let uh, let's start with Mike Norvell, who had this to say yesterday after they put the finishing touches on a top-20 class and with arrows certainly pointing up uh, on the FSU program after this, this year's season on field.
7: You know, just you talk about size, uh, you know, power, strength. I mean, you know, when you look at these guys that have come in, you know, they have they all have their own unique role in what they bring. Which you know, coupled with the guys that we have here and the and the uh, um, the opportunity for that 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 growth. I mean, it's that, that's a position that's going to be a strength for us, and it needs to be. And you know, I got to give a shout out to those offensive linemen that we have on our current roster. We got real guys.
1: Yeah, listen, they did. They hit it nice with some offensive linemen and, and goodness knows if you're an FSU fan and we know from covering them, okay? When FSU really bottomed out there for a few years, um, that old line was bad. It was bad. It was just a just a um you know, a turnstile of of ineffectiveness. So Um, They got a big offensive tackle from Clearwater and Lucas Simmons. He's a top 120 national player, uh, you know, top 10 at his position in the country. Um, I'll give you another, you know, I I think good gauge, though, if you're looking at your favorite team in the recruiting class. It's just not where they are nationally. As we turn our attention to Florida, Florida is 10th nationally. But this is important, especially considering the backdrop of two straight six and seven seasons. The Gators were fourth in the SEC. You know, Alabama was one nationally, Georgia was two nationally, LSU was sixth nationally, and Florida is 10th, and the separation with LSU isn't that great. In fact, the average, you know, LSU has more total commits, which takes up their total number, but the average ranking for each of their commits is actually a little bit lower than Florida's. So, you know, Billy Napier also made some headway by finishing fourth in the SEC recruiting standings. Tennessee... Um, would be fifth in the SEC. They were twelfth overall. Uh, as for this recruiting class, though, for Billy Napier, first and foremost, you you got a top flight quarterback. They flipped in Rashada from from Miami, what a month or so ago. Um, Napier said yesterday, Rashada fell in love with UF, and then went on to talk about the 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 connection that feels like is there with the soon to be freshman quarterback.
5: I think we felt like the the connection was real, you know, I mean, we felt like there was something there, you know, I think we were really close and then obviously a lot goes into these decisions, but, um, uh, certainly as time, uh, went on, we, we, um, we were consistent there. And I think the things that, uh, there was common ground, you know, and I think the connection was real. So just think there's a high level of trust on both ends there and, um, uh, I'm really excited about what he's going to bring to our team.
1: Well, um, look, Billy Napier also talked about the portal yesterday at the time, said they were looking to add a quarterback in the portal by all accounts now. That's happened with Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. I, I'm not big on Graham Mertz. I don't think that's I don't I don't think that makes the program any better, but it, it's a body and it's some experience. But I look I you're gonna come play football in the SEC. I need a guy who dominated the Big Ten. Not survived, not was okay, at least long term. Look, here's hoping Jaden Rashada could come in and he's fantastic. He's an unbelievable freshman quarterback. They, they 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 happen. There's three or four of them every year, right? Where some freshman comes in, he's ready, man. Um, here's hoping Rashada maybe can be that guy to get get some. You got to have a quarterback, or it's going to be another. All signs, by the way, in Gainesville are pointed to there's pessimism about what the overall record will be next year, and then, you know, whether it's fair or not, or too rushed or not, the pressure on Billy Napier intensifies. So uh, we'll see. But Napier said they're going to continue to try and be aggressive in the portal and add more players there. Um, as for the recruiting efforts, they really they really hit in state. I mean, the majority of Florida's prospects were in state. They put a lot of boots on the ground in state to try and 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 establish themselves as a leader for top prospects that come out of here. Look, you're not just fighting with Florida State and Miami. We all know that. Bama comes down here and grabs kids. Ohio State comes down to Florida and grabs kids. Georgia and Tennessee and and others. I mean, every year, you know, you look at the top 20 players in the state of Florida and more than half of them are heading off to those other destinations. You're trying to lock down the state borders. And this was a start. Uh, Billy Napier talked about the importance of winning in
5: state. I think it helps the evaluation process because you get more exposures uh, to the kid, to the family. They get more exposure to your staff and the University of Florida. So the more times we can get them here, I think that helps inform them of how special this place is. But also, I think it helps us evaluate players.
1: All right, still some sailing to do there. Are some top prospects out there that will have not quite made their decision yet, if they're newsworthy with our locals We'll certainly uh, let you know. One interesting that Travis Hunter, who was the, one of the top uh, recruits last year, and he flipped from FSU to to go play for Dion at Jackson State. Well, he, you know, he didn't sign right away, and there was like some chatter. You know, he was kind of up in the air. Georgia, I think, for a second, thought they had a chance. Um, ultimately, though, he did go with Dion to Colorado. So Travis Hunter will will go out. Shadur Sanders, uh, Dion's kid, of course, will go out and be the quarterback. Uh, for Deanna Colorado, be interested to kind of track that progress. The Gators play Colorado here the next few years. Maybe a matchup with Deion Sanders when that uh, interconference uh, matchup takes place. So uh, that's just some of the recruiting angles. Again, um, all things considered, to be honest with you, from a Florida perspective, you've been nowhere near a top 10 team for the last couple of years. To recruit in the top 10 is probably. You know, it's probably a step, should be noted as a step in the right direction and as a feather in the cap for Billy Napier after he had very few during the on-field season uh, this year. We'll come back and take a little tour of the sports landscape. We call it the 10-minute drill, so we'll uh, queue up some of the other storylines out there in the sports world. Got Doc Kevin Murphy coming up this hour, so we'll chat about the big injuries in the world of sports. Um, The Riley Report, talking college ball. We're down to cases now, and we'll uh, speak with former ACC Player of the Year. That's coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, Cat chat doubles up as the Friday five pack this week. We may even ring up Hicken on vacation and um, offer. Listen, this is simply right now, gang. Love of the game fade fade me. I'm I'm an, I'm on a cooler. And even games that I'm picking, okay, I'm getting backdoored. Weird stuff's happening. So I'm offering these up for the competition of not having to spin that wheel and save your holiday cash on this guy who's gone about 1-8 the last two weeks with literally five games flipping on me in the last uh, 30 seconds. So we've got that coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. So uh, we are loaded up here like Santa's sleigh. We'll come back with more on a custom Tree Surgeons Thursday on 1010XL. All right, we're back. Death. Man, Christmas just sneaks up on you some years, doesn't it? so much focus on this jaguars game this week you don't realize man it's here it's about time for me to execute the time honored tradition of doing all my christmas shopping on christmas eve i do it every year <laughs> now initially it was a great idea i would go literally you know on christmas eve about three in the afternoon right before the malls close, and they just get in and out i listen i shop target i'm a target shopper and i don't mean the, the store I go in and I get it. I don't go bouncing around ten different places comparing. I don't wander around the store aimlessly seeing if there's something that I can get for someone. No,
2: you know what you're you,
1: you I go in business. if I or if I don't even know what I'm gonna get, I can go into a store, see something. All right, that looks good. Boom, get it, boom, out. But um still have not done the first penny of shopping. Nothing. And here here we sit, it's the twenty second of December. But we got a big Jags game tonight. Man, what an exciting game day we have. I mean, I'm just, I'm bursting with the energy and excitement uh, settling in and watching this football game tonight. We got to get a win here. Come home, just a game under 500. I, I said it earlier, the Jags are now the betting favorite in Vegas to win the division for a variety of reasons. So uh, with that said, we're going to we're gonna do the 10-minute drill, kick around some uh, different sports topics uh, as E helps me um, guide through this segment as well. And uh, stick around for a prize back at the end.
2: It hasn't been like it's meaningful football and we're in the end of December, man. This is crazy. Yeah, it's
1: even it's it's now bigger than meaningful football. Almost you know what I mean? Right, I mean yeah. You
2: know, meaningful is meaningful. It means you
1: still have some sort of shot, but no, we're we're this is bigger than meaningful. Everybody's gonna be tuned in
2: watching yeah, tonight.
1: I think so. I think a lot of the country, especially those who sort are of socked in by bad weather, uh Prime may get their make it one of their highest. Um, you, seriously though, cool right?
2: Real. Shout out to Jags. You man, know and really. they can, they're
1: going to watch Trevor. They're going to be you know they don't keep up with it everywhere like we do. But the Zach Wilson Trevor angle will be uh, intriguing to some. And and again because it's the holiday weekend, I think so many people um, you know are going are going to be be in tonight. I, I bet you it, it it's close to the most watched on Prime this year.
2: Absolutely. With that being said, okay, for us to get this win tonight, yeah. What's the number one stat the Jags must? dominate in for us to get his dub?
1: That's a good question because you can go on a lot of angles with that, especially considering the weather. But let let me give you one that has been the reason they've won these last two big games. And it's also a stat that they're significantly better than the Jets in. And it's also a stat that now the Jags have foiled this equation a couple of times this year, but usually this stat leads to a victory no matter the stakes, no matter the game. And it's turnover margin. It's yucky up there tonight. I'll use that weather-specific word. It's yucky up there tonight. They're going to be handing the ball off to ETN, who has had issues at times this year holding on. Trevor in the pocket has had issues holding on to the ball. Can you turn the Jets over more than they turn you over? The Jags have been really good. They have forced twenty. This remember what a weakness is. What do we have? Like nine or seven turnovers all last year. Yep. I mean something just crazy. The Jags are tied. Are they're tied for fourth in the league in forced turnovers with twenty two. Uh, the Jets, by the way, you got to go. You got to go deeper down that list to find the Jets when it comes to forcing turnovers. They're way down. They forced only fifteen this year, and then you get to the turnover uh, differential. Again, the Jags at plus four are tied for sixth best in the entire NFL. Uh, The Jets are minus three in turnover differential. So, on a game like tonight, especially with the weather as dicey as it's going to be, I I would say the turnover margin. I think if you went over the turnover battle tonight, you probably win the football game. That goes for both sides.
2: And I don't want to, like, jump the gun and start looking at Tennessee. But, like you, you mentioned, Vegas has the Jags winning. Our division. Yeah. Is it that Tannehill injury? Does that is that what made it that jump so so crazy? I, I think so. Because because I, 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 well, I think
1: injury. what it does now is it, it gives I think Vegas looks at the, the, the entirety of what's left. We're focused on this game tonight. It feels right. must-win for us. It does. But the reality is that with Tannehill now out and, and, and Malik Willis having to take over, the likelihood of Tennessee losing the Houston or Dallas game is shot through the roof. And if they lose that Houston or Dallas game, the Jags have the insurance of knowing they can lose one of their next two and still you know, play the Titans for the division title right. at the end. And because that's a home game, and because the Jags have the better quarterback, and because the Jaguars um, have already beaten them, Vegas says, yeah, we think that all those factors, those, these last three games, including the Jags hosting the Titans, basically Vegas is saying, we think the Jags are going to beat the Titans. Yeah, yeah, and true. now there's, because, listen, Tennessee can lose all three, can lose their next two or win their next two, and it does not matter for the Jags, unless the Jags lose one. And then, then it would matter if Tennessee won two in the Jags. But if the Jags win, it doesn't matter if Houston loses or win. It comes, or Tennessee, it comes down to that final game because of tiebreakers.
2: All right, Jeff. I need you to help me put this baseball in Little Gritty's hands. Okay, he's a diehard football guy. All right, but this baseball money is crazy. <laughs> I'm oh, trying it, to understand. It, I'm trying to understand the Mets payroll and just payroll in general when it comes to baseball. How can the Mets have a payroll like this big, and then there's teams that 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 haven't had a payroll like this for ten years? You know,
1: it's it's just, it's the age old question in, in baseball. And look, they try to remedy this a little bit with a luxury tax. If you go over a certain amount now, teams have Please to pay, pay luxury. The tax. Well, there's no such thing as a luxury t- tax for for the Mets owner, Cohen. There is no, the guy's a billionaire. There's no luxury tax. He wants a winner, he'll spend whatever. And so the Mets have now shattered, shattered for any sport, the single season payroll. By the time they pay the luxury tax next year, The Mets payroll is going to be over $460 million. Doc Murphy is in studio with us, a Pittsburgh Pirate fan. The Mets now have spent more in free agency in one night with Carlos Correa than the Pirates have spent combined since 2010. Add up 12 years of Pirates baseball and the payroll that they've doled out, it equals one night for the mets so to your point there is no competitive balance you can't, there is no competitive balance to that you got to hit some kind of unbelievable run of of hitting on all your prospects and having young guys and and ultimately what do you do if you're a team like that at the bottom you just deal them off somewhere
2: else how is that is does the pirates do their owner do they just not have those type of funds like how is that possible
1: I cheap yeah. If, if you own a if you own a professional franchise and you're ever talking about not keeping up paying, then sell the franchise.
2: Oh, that's crazy. They're trying
1: to 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 make money rather than win ball games. Uh, the top three in free uh, talking to just this trend of spending money. The top three in the free agency spend since 2010: the Yankees 1.91 billion, the Phillies 1.83 billion, the Mets billion billion. By the way, those top three have spent over $5 billion, and in the 12 years, they've combined to win a grand total of zero World Series. Doesn't necessarily mean you win if you spend that much, but if you spend as little as, say, the Pirates, it almost definitely means you're not going to win. The team that has played that game the best by a mile the Tampa Bay race. They just have an unbelievable system. You know, They, they churn guys through. They They don't pay guys. They let them go. They make trades. Yet somehow, at the end of the year against these Payroll behemoths in Boston and New York. There are the Rays contending at the end.
2: We're basketball guys, NBA guys. Okay. I haven't really been locked in as much because of football. And Christmas basketball is generally some of the best with the uniforms and, and the matchups. So who are some of the best Christmas day matchups when it comes to the NBA? Well,
1: it's, you know, to, to be honest with you, the Christmas was for is kind of almost the unofficial start of the season in the right. NBA. Uh-huh. You, uh, NFL. Stuck it to him a little bit, it would have seemed, but now you look at the NFL schedule on Christmas and it's a dog. It's a dog with fleas. The first game is decent. I can't remember what it is, but the next two are Rams and and Broncos. 430. Yeah. Yuck. And then at night you've got the Arizona Cardinals are are their third quarterback hosting the Patriots. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it sets up perfect during that four thirty window where the NFL to me goes goes black, goes dark with that matchup between uh the, the Rams. Uh, and the Broncos, and check out the Bucks Celtics. Um, it's a good, good overall schedule, though, as they always do. You know, you like that East Coast basketball. Seventy Sixers, Knicks, Knicks have been hot. That's a noon tip-off. Uh, Lakers and the Mavs. Lakers get it on brand name. They're just thirteen and eighteen. They still haven't taken it off. The real surprise is uh, the Knicks beat, or the Nets beat the Warriors last night by a million. Mm-hmm. The, the Wa- and the Warriors are fifteen and eighteen, man. They host Ja and the Grizzlies. Now they're a different team at home. They're like three and fifteen, so which means they're twelve and three at home, uh, twelve and two at home. It says so. The Grizzlies they'll host. That'll be a good night game. But um, the NBA season we really start to take note of after Christmas. It feels like because the NFL season starts to end too.
2: Who's the co- best college basketball team right now? <laughs> That's a good one too. Um,
1: yeah, we're about to get to conference play, and I- I'll be honest. What happened this year is that. We we went through this non-conference schedule, and only a couple have really emerged as still unbeaten. I'd say Purdue deserves to be called the best team in the country. They played; they always play a good, tough schedule this time of year. They're undefeated, eleven and zero. UConn made a trip down to Gainesville. They're number two in the polls now. If you're asking me, do I think Purdue or UConn are going to win at all? I'd say no. I'd be honest with you. I think that the best team I've seen so far this year might be Houston. You know, they've lost a game, but they're there. That's a grown man's team out there in Houston. So. It it may be them. It looks like it's kind of, you know, there's some good college basketball teams. If we fast-forwarded right now to March, it'd be an intriguing March madness. But, you know, having these teams hold serve for the next two or three months, that may be uh, difficult. All right, that's the 10-minute drill. Uh, Doc Murphy chomping at the bit in here to get through all the injury news. We'll do that when we come back. Uh, First, though, prize pack for... uh, uh putting up with today's ten minute drill, six four, one, ten, ten. What are they gonna win? AT, we'll take caller number three.
2: I got a little Peter Brook prize pack, a Peter Brook chocolate holiday gift basket, plus a twenty five dollar gift card. It's a four score golf tavern in San Marco. This is all part of 1010 XL's holiday gift guide. Visit XL dot com for more great gift ideas.
1: Dude, I, I had some of that Peter Brook, uh, a really? dirty, dirty little cheat secret here on, <laughs> on the on the you know, the diet plan. I had some of that Peter Brook chocolate covered uh popcorn. Yeah. Oof.
2: That's good stuff. Yeah, that popcorn is fine.
1: All right. Anyway, we're back with Doc Murphy. Uh, More, we're loaded up in the eight o'clock hours as well. You're listening to the drill. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday.
6: <laughs>
1: uh, Merry Christmas, Doc Kevin Murphy. How we doing, my man?
4: Good. Merry Christmas, y'all.
1: I know the uh, Franco Harris news hit hit hard with you yesterday. Growing up in that that time, so many of those guys were icons. You know what the Steelers were too? They were the they were a not all teams are like this. There have been a few along the way, but when you're really good and you're really tough, right? Most teams are like, like the Patriots are really good. They're tough, but I mean, I mean, really good and really tough. Usually if you're really tough, you're just a defensive team and you flare up and win one, one year. But to be that, that, that longevity and point being Frank O'Hare is a big part of that.
4: Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah. But that, that whole era, the, the teams to to your point, the toughness, you look at the Jack Lambert and his scowling, you know, shootless, sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. They, it's just the whole thing.
1: So many great players. You were telling me in the break. I didn't. I didn't realize this, that the Steelers they were going to retire and they will retire Franco Harris's number this weekend. Man, just the the, the sad, ironic, tragic timing of yeah, this is, timing makes it worse. Is terrible. But you said they've only got like three
4: numbers retired in franchise history. I think so, and I yeah. think he's the only offensive guy.
1: So, and you're talking about a, a franchise that has, you know dozen hall of famers if not more oh yeah why i wonder what the reason is why they don't retire more numbers interesting well unfortunately franco um franco doesn't get to to see his uh, retired what what a sad day and really an nfl or maybe the most famous play in nfl history look there is there, there are a lot of reasons for the jaguars to win tonight i mean they're nothing kills them if they lose but there's a lot to be gained if they win and one of those would be they they don't have to rush guys back from injuries. Trayvon Walker, it would seem, has a high ankle sprain. I mean, missed two weeks in a row. He didn't practice yesterday. You know, it's just it – just, and he's, he's kind of a warrior dude, man. I think he's a tough guy, too. It just seems like that's a little more than your typical sprained ankle. Although a really bad sprained ankle, how long can that keep you
4: out? Yeah, if, again, go back to the high ankle. If it's truly a high ankle sprain, you treat that typically. You put them in a boot. You mobilize them for a period of time and – and he wouldn't be walking around without a boot at this point. It okay. truly was that. Okay. So, I think it's probably a bad ankle sprain. I I projected him kind of three weeks. Okay. So, uh, probably next week he well, may be considering getting back.
1: And, and here's where I was going with the, where the timing would behoove you here. You're playing on a Thursday night. You're going to get a little extra time. And, by the way, if you win tonight and say Tennessee loses this weekend – you have the insurance of not having to rush back anyone who's being bothered by injury. So that plays into the, there's an injury importance to tonight's game and the way the Jaguars can, can try and massage their roster and their health moving forward. Foley Fatakasi injured his ankle in the middle of the game. Again, that's a big old dude. And you, you spraying an ankle, man. I mean, you're 148 pounds spraying your ankle, it hurts. I imagine if you're 348 pounds and you sprain it,
4: yeah. there's a ratio. Well, there is. And it's a lot of force going through that foot. And, uh, so, it, it may take those guys a little little longer. It's going to be a little more uncomfortable coming back. But usually, you, everybody's had ankle sprains. And, the, you know, if it's a bad ankle sprain, even if it's not a high ankle, it's, you know, it's two, three weeks before you're really ready to go.
1: Titans have lost their quarterback, most likely for the year, Ryan Tannehill, because they're saying it's likely going to require ankle surgery. Now, what, what about an ankle injury takes you from – wrapping and icing and and rehabbing and letting it heal versus having to get surgery or electing to get surgery within a week of the injury happening
4: yeah if it's uh ligaments it's an unusual thing to to go ahead and fix those early most of those you don't fix uh if he has an injury to the end of the bone where he has a what we call an osteochondral defect where the bones impacted one another and they have to go get that piece then if you're doing that, you may go ahead and fix the ligaments at the same time. Sometimes we
1: lose sight of just how tough these guys are. I mean, Tannehill went – the Titans are playing for their lives, too. And At the Chargers over the weekend, he he went down with that injury that's now going to put him out and most likely lead to surgery. He missed one series and came back and played the rest of the game. It is the same ankle that he injured uh, against the Colts um, and ultimately had to miss a couple of games of that. But, listen, if – you know, you're the Titans and you're in a playoff, you know – race here and you're turning to an inexperienced quarterback, you know that Tannehill's injury is, is for real also. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't know if you saw him, but he kind of got landed on. You see that with quarterbacks. It's it, it's it's amazing that that injury in football doesn't happen more often. And maybe it does with other positions where you're not counting on that right shoulder to hit, flee, you know, fling the ball all around. But, you know, I, I heard their coach, you know, say, well, he's a tough guy and, you know, we're not going to rule him out. Is that gamesmanship or – are some guys just tougher with a sprained shoulder than others might be?
4: Well, that's a, uh, I, it looks to me when you land like that and a big 300-pound guy compresses you from side to side like that, it's usually an AC joint issue. And uh, most of those are a pain tolerance type of thing. So you can inject that. Uh, you're not really going to make that worse and, and require surgery to fix uh, if you let them play. So a lot of those are a pain uh, management kind, kind of uh, an issue for them.
1: Um, I got one from the NBA. Uh, you know this guy, Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis is hurt. Um, e, hey, your your guy, your team. Uh, this your is team why you can't healthy. count. This is why you can't count on the Lakers, because Anthony Davis is now going to miss multiple weeks with a foot injury. And you always worry about these stress fractures, right? With these yep. big guys and these tall guys. Um, is the body just built different when you're, you know, when you're that lengthy?
4: Well, a lot of these guys have really flat feet, too, if you look at Okay. Them. They don't have much of an arch. When they're, they, arch they can't huge support. Guys. I don't know <laughs> why, but it's it's a fact. That's, they, that's they, strange. A lot I of guys have really flat feet, and it puts a little more compressive force, particularly on the outside of their foot when they land.
1: Well, you know, he appeared to tweak his right foot when his lower leg collided with uh, Nikola Jokic. That was at the end of last week. He didn't return to the game after halftime. He's an 11-year vet now. He's missed more than half of the Lakers' regular season games over the past two years with a variety of injuries, which leads to another: we wonder are certain guys just injury prone? Yes. Yeah. Right. Some yeah. guys' bones and it could be what they ate when they were. It could be a, a variety of factors. But I mean, you get it. I mean, I I trust these guys want to play. You know that it's important. I, I don't think they're soft per se, but
4: some guys are just just banged up and hurt more often, aren't they? That's true. Yeah. What do we got? Anything else? I miss anything? Uh, so we got, uh, knee scope, uh, meniscus repair. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, uh, counting a guy out for the season for meniscus, uh, mm-hmm. a little premature. If you repair it, uh, certainly if you stitch it would be a repair of that. Uh, that's kind of a three month return. If it's torn and you just trim the meniscus, it's, it could be a little quicker return more, more like three, four weeks.
1: And we've, we've got a few guys around the league that have, um, you know, the, that suffer those meniscus injuries, right? I yeah, mean, so to
4: kind and, you know, if you're so, not on IR, you know – So with Cam, there's a possibility that he yeah, returns. so I wouldn't necessarily count him out for the season. Yeah, I got – so, you know what, it's so,
1: it's so funny. I mean, I, you just – in the NFL, it's a league where you just move on. It's like I, I, you learn that Cam is going to miss the rest of the year. I almost assume that's an old injury right. by the time that I see you on Thursday. But, yeah, that was a good point and one that I'm glad you brought up because I meant to – earlier today, going through my mind, I wanted to ask about Cam and, the, you know, whether or not that meniscus can –
4: at six weeks now? yeah you know if it's if it's a repair it's he's done it's probably three months to get him back okay but if it if you just shave uh, if you shave it and smooth it which honestly most of those are
1: probably what we would do at this stage
4: yeah you know he's had an acl he's got some Mm -hmm. wear in his knee that meniscus probably isn't a most of those are not repairable truly because the vascularity is not sufficient to get the heel so you just trim it, so he could be back a little quicker than so projected. So,
1: really, the news emerging out of that is if the Jaguars do – I mean, because you got three weeks of regular season, and so it's four weeks to your next playoff game. And, you know, with a home playoff game, if the Jags do get further into the postseason, there's certainly a possibility that he could play. What yeah. about the hamstring strain for the other other guy? This is always curious to me. Now, granted, you, you get forced into it, and maybe that affects you, but, you know, Jawan Taylor left with a hamstring strain. As soon as he does, Cam goes out, and well, what do you know? Jawan is okay to play.
4: <laughs> well, he's playing with a bad hamstring. Play, yeah. And that's that's a little bit risky. Now, he's not a – That's a, a good a, position. I mean, if yeah, they're – he's not a sprinter. Right. You know, but, how
1: does a – you know, that's a valid point, too. How does a hamstring strain on a big guy like that occur? What, what, what body position – because normally it's always a sprint motion that you think uh, associated with
4: that. It's a little more unusual. Yeah. Because yeah. most of those are when they really stride out and overdo. And that's how it – you know, when they get back to returning to play – you know, they can go through practice and push off and do whatever, but when they really fully try and stride out and dip, put it, that extra gear in in a sprint, that's when it really – you re-tear it or, or you re-injure it. So, less less likely to be a, a big issue for a big guy coming back. That guy's
1: right on the line of jumping the snap every single time. Maybe that's where he does it. He pulls that hamstring, jumping back so quick to just beat the snap uh, and, and get into position. All right, there's your injury report, um, you know, focusing a lot on the Jags. Uh, going up there today one thing about taylor you don't want him to further injure it tonight buddy because we don't have much um much insurance there now at this point doc have a have a terrific holiday uh, to you and yours and then we'll talk to you next week that's inside the injury report doc kevin murphy southeast orthopedic specialist we'll come back with the riley report we'll focus in on college football we got cat chat and uh the friday five pack a day early um and we'll get those just been a, a hot Pile of flaming, messy garbage. Stay away from my picks, but I gotta somehow avoid spinning that wheel. We'll see. All right, stick around. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. We roll on next. I thought we could make it a little bit of a perspective check Thursday with my man Riley Skinner. Riles, uh, good morning. Glad to have you on the Fair and Fair phone lines. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Appreciate it, Frost. How you doing, man? I'm good. It's a lovely group you have out there in the Skinner household. It's a quite handsome family, et. Um, uh- yeah, well, you know, um, I, I want your opinion on something as a as a force in college football. You were the ACC Player of the Year. You led Wake Forest to a stinking championship. You played in the Orange Bowl. Did. What do you think of the current state of college football? And that's a broad question. With I mean, is he talking about the uh, not never-ending transfer portal? Is he talking about the obscene coaches' salaries? Is he talking about uh, players skipping games, playoff games, to protect themselves? I, I, I'm guessing there was never a thought in your mind or your teammates' mind that oh, it's the Orange Bowl, no big deal. I'm not going to play.
0: Never thought. Yeah. Never thought. Uh, I think the state of college football is still in a pretty good spot. There are a lot of things that I don't like. There are a lot of things that I think are going in a bad direction. I also am optimistic over the next few years. I don't see it continuing to get worse and worse. I just I just have this uh, Pollyanna mindset, yeah. I guess that the the uh, the rulers in charge will eventually. Kind of rectify this thing and start to normalize and minimize the outlandish money getting thrown at 18-year-old kids mm-hmm. to, uh, to to drag them all over the country in multiple schools and in multiple years. And I I just hope eventually it gets worked out. But I think it got it got opened up with no blueprint and everybody's taking advantage to an extent that is it's watering down the game right now and I, I almost feel like people have the casual fan has almost gotten numb to it and just kind of like a whatever mentality this is it's so absurd it's so outlandish that 18 year old kids are getting you know you see stories of the Drake maze that have been reported to get offered five million dollars after one year of playing college football to go to their school. It's like what what? I mean that's the way, that's that's the way I react to baseball contracts. Right. I see them. I'm now just I'm waiting to for somebody to get a 10-year billion dollar contract and be like eh, it may, that's, well. That's it, part it, of the course. That's may, kind of may, what I expect this thing's going to.
1: May happen in your lifetime. I mean it's not even a joke. Right. I mean they're already getting almost 50 million in, in the sport of baseball. The um look, I I haven't. We haven't t- talked since Florida's season came to an end. So there's a cu- couple of things to you know to attack there. I, I think Billy Napier did a pretty good job on the recruiting trail yesterday, uh, Riley. I, yeah. I I saw this stat. Okay, don't just look at only um, their number ten overall rating. The, the 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 class is a little stronger from this standpoint. the The highest average rating of their prospects of ninety two point three four is the highest rating. Individually for a class since the number one overall class in 2010. So you know they're only 12th in some of the composites, but it's because there's not a high quantity of players. The quality is really good. How how soon can a football fan expect a recruiting class to make a big difference on the field? Is it three years?
0: Is it two? Can it be right away? I think it's. I think it's.
1: Uh, it's a tough That's a tough one, isn't it?
0: That's a tough one. Uh, it is quicker now than before. It is one to two years, and you can expect a lot of these, a lot of these dudes start to make serious impact on the football field. And that's just because the way in which they're getting trained, the, the level of coaching that they have, the amount that they are asked to do in high school, and in college football. No surprise, it's just bigger, faster, stronger every year, right? And we see the M we, we you know, you I mean you see it with Heisman trophies that have the freshmen yeah. the amount of freshmen and sophomores that have been able to win Heisman trophies over the last since Tebow really Tebow has,
1: Tebow was uh, the first sophomore to win.
0: He was the, <laughs> right, he was the first sophomore, but after that they've
1: had a lot they've had more had than a one clue freshman
0: of young players. Yeah. And and that just goes to the maturity of what they're what they're being asked to do in high school. And it trickles down to because they start so young, because the seven on seven, because all these coaches, because the camp—you know—it just you're seeing the talent level just mature so much quicker, and you see the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows, all these guys then translate to the NFL, and and Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, year two, year one, we can throw away—he's already a top five quarterback. Quicker. Yeah, they're just—and my—I I mean, yes, they're they're talented. But in my opinion, they're they're smarter now because of what they go through in in middle school, offseason, and in high school, and the level of complexity of the offenses. Um, they're just asked to do more. And so I know I'm talking a lot about quarterback, but... Well that, well, that 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 fits D- here with D- Florida because
1: the well, I'll, let me interrupt you for quick because you, yeah. you were talking about quarterback. Well, that perfectly fits here because that's where I'm headed. The Gator quarterback uh, situation is abysmal. They uh, they lost a disappointing season from Anthony Richardson. Look, everyone saw Jack Miller play. Whatever, Jack Miller is not good enough to be the quarterback of a of a contending team. It doesn't yeah. look like based on that that one game. They're bringing in that true freshman, Jaden Rashad, a five star by some of the services, a four star probably consensus. And, and to your point, they seem more ready to play than ever for Florida to, to improve off of this year's 6-7 and seven team. it Doesn't he have to?
0: I think so. I, I don't – the Graham merch thing <sighs> –
1: Doesn't do it I, for me. I was
0: not very excited. I have never thought that. That guy, he had one game – His first game. And it, <laughs> it, it missed – his first game, five yeah. touchdowns, yeah. whatever. And then NIL deal, the guy just was – super inconsistent really didn't do anything after that i don't see him being some answer coming in and, and being the linchpin that takes them to the college football playoff for this year I, does he have one or two years left
1: i probably well with the covid I, years probably has two if he wants it but yeah. i mean look they've got but, the shot and then they've got the Lagway kid he's the number one quarterback in the entire class the next
0: year right right that's what i'm saying is and and Napier, I, I think the momentum they've got. I don't, you know, I don't think they're personally a college football playoff team next year. I don't think there's tools, the tools, the the pieces in place. Agreed. But if you want to, if you want to build up to that in the next two to three years, I think you start with, you know, with this with this kid coming in. The four stars. He's a four star, right? He's
1: four five by a couple, but four star consensus. Okay. Yeah. yeah, very good player though. I mean, certainly top
0: five quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, That's where I would go, hundred percent.
1: What would you now with the with all the results in front of you and all of the you know the, the different elements to to put into the equation? How would you grade Billy
0: Napier year one at Florida? I think momentum. I'd I'd give him a I'd give him a B to B plus. Okay. I, I mean they did it, to me it didn't feel like a, a six and seven. I mean it obviously early in the year the LSU win. I mean they were, the, the Utah win was huge. I think you just saw more commitment and buy-in and uh, look they just Anthony Richardson just wasn't ever who everybody thought he was gonna be and the consistency wasn't there and I, I think if he can start with a young quarterback under his tutelage and their coach tutelage, to me I think that's that's the wave you ride. And I like him as a coach, I like him as a person, I like him as a recruiter, and I think I think the fans are bought in, and I, so I, yeah. you need you got to get buy in by everybody to start that trend upward. And I think they're on the trend upward. And I don't think it's a year, but I think you know two to three years from now, you can see a really, really, really good Florida program.
1: Well, and that's where this recruiting class helps, and it's also a little bit more impressive that you got back to back six and seven seasons. You're not leading the 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 country in NIL money. So to put this class together, considering how, you know, each individual prospect averages up as high as really they've had in 10, 15 years down there. I think that that matters. FSU could win 10 games if they beat Oklahoma in the cheese at bowl. And I think they will. Don't you?
0: I do. Yeah, I do.
1: What, Uh boy, you want to talk about how to build a team. You got to get the trenches better. And FSU's offensive line now has emerged after years of, of, of struggling as something that you would more expect.
0: And that's been their struggle for what? Years. 10 years almost. Yeah, yeah. Really, <laughs> I mean,
1: really since Jimbo left and maybe at the beginning yeah. of, of the end of Jimbo. Yeah.
0: And, uh, man, what a what a turnaround that's been. I've, I love what Norvell, I don't know if you watched that uh, press conference he gave when they were doing their unveiling of the groundbreaking of that facility. And, man, he's he's a recruiter. And you talk about buy-in. I mean, they are getting bought in. And for Jordan Traps to come back, getting the trenches right they're getting some freaky receivers like that Florida Florida State rivalry is going to be really good really soon and that's what we've all wanted to see that's what college football needs and I think both teams are headed in a very very good direction from a program standpoint I know it was
1: a fantastic game I mean you know obviously half of or more of the audience is disappointed which way it goes when it's Florida and Florida State but uh, you know right and to your point about Napier, I mean it's kind of pukey the way the season ended thirty to three in the bowl game. It didn't show up at all, and they lost to Vanderbilt, which is unacceptable in Florida terms. But there were some highlights along the way. They played, you know, they played toe to toe with FSU in Tallahassee. They they beat Utah. They blew out South Carolina, South Carolina team that's that's looked pretty good. Which leads me to my next uh, point here. Wow, the Gator Bowl after so many blah matchups. I'd say say one of the best with Notre Dame and South Carolina. That's probably going to be a sellout, Riley, and deservedly so. I bet it
0: is too. I bet it is too. I'm I'm pumped for that. I think that's one of the most intriguing bowl games of the year. I mean, South Carolina, everyone didn't, no one really knew what to make of South Carolina this year. But but like Florida State, they're probably one of the hotter teams in the last, you know, in the last quarter of the season that nobody wants to play. Notre Dame is, 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 they're littered with talent. Um, and you know they are the ones that beat who they beat. They beat Clemson and Tennessee. Be back to back top ten teams. Tennessee, that's right.
1: Tennessee yeah. and then it's... Clemson. Yeah, South Carolina was six and four and just got walloped in Gainesville, thirty eight to six. To come <laughs> off of that and and beat back to back top ten teams now, getting hook Hooker hurt probably helped in the Tennessee game, but not like they were trailing when
0: he went out. But that's just what a what a turnaround. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be. A, it, can be a fun Gator Bowl. I think that and the UNC Oregon game are two of the more intriguing. That UNC Oregon, they made first to a hundred wins that one. <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. it'll be good. You know, with Bo Nicks coming back, it'll be good to to watch him and Drake May compete against each other. And um, again, the, like all four of those teams we're talking about are teams that I think are going to be are going to be in contention next year to, to be really competitive in 10 ten, eleven games, and you just like to see. You want to see just competitive bowl matchups, and when you get a bowl matchup like that, you feel like the players are bought in, Mm you know, contrary to a lot of the other bowl games. Yeah, you
1: you hit a great point. You're catching a bowl game where where the teams have, you know, they still feel like there's something to accomplish, improve, and and finish with. A lot of these bowl games, at least one of the sides doesn't seem to feel that way. All right, quick hitters. Um TCU Michigan, you give TCU a shot? Do you expect it to be Michigan and Georgia? Give me just quickly who you think wins each game and then who wins the Natty.
0: Oh, no. Mich- I want Michigan. I want Michigan in the Natty. I don't know why TCU they're they're good, just I can't ever fully buy into TCU. Um
1: They're not alone. Uh,
0: I yeah, I would love I would love a Georgia Michigan matchup. I think that's what we're going to get. Um I think it would be fantastic for college football. I think Michigan Georgia, Georgia, let, Georgia man. I mean, they are they are who <laughs> they are who we thought they were. Yeah, uh, and that, that's to I have credit. I, I have they it. they answer the bell every time this year. I mean, every single time. Some of it wasn't pretty, but it, it's hard to go you know 13, 14 games in college football and just dominate and. But the great teams are the ones that find ways to win when they don't bring their A-game, and they've been able to do that. And I, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll to expound on that
1: just a little bit with Georgia. Really, the, the, the three you know hiccups, the three what-are-they-do-in do games were Missouri, Kentucky, Missouri. and Kent State. You go to yep. the games where you had Georgia's attention, and it was, it was all dogs night when, night. When, it, when it came to <laughs> those games. But I, I, I do get this sense, and this isn't a prediction now, we still have to get to that point. But in college basketball, we had a year where UNLV embarrassed Duke. They beat them by about 40 points back in the early 90s in the tournament. And then the very next year, Duke came back with both squads intact, and Duke upset them. Uh, people remember that, but uh, famously, they beat them in the in the semifinals of the Final Four. Michigan and Georgia played last year, and Georgia road-graded them. I feel yep. like if Michigan and Georgia meet this year, despite having the same coaches and systems and, uh, to some degree, same talents, I, I've... Not saying Michigan will beat Georgia, but I don't feel like this is going to be another one of those SEC 55, Power 5, Conference 20 type of games.
0: No, because Michigan's shown that they've got the defense that they can play with anybody. And they're two fairly similar, you know, you look at the fabric of the team and, like, the way in which they play. A Michigan and Georgia matchup seems like you're going toe-to-toe with each other. That'd be a good Um, one. It'll be a great one. I think that the, the the trenches in that game is going to be awesome to watch. Uh, the run, you know, just one of those. They rely on the run game and they take their shots when they need it. And you know, the, the X factors to me again, like as always with Georgia, who's going to match up with Brock Bowers? How do you handle that guy? And um, you know, can Stetson Bennett make plays with his feet? And he's shown that he can. And you know, Michigan though. I Golly, I, I, never, I don't know. I just didn't see them beating Ohio State the way they did. Yeah, and I, I, I love that they did personally. I think, I think Georgia first. I think Georgia is going to stomp Ohio State, and um, it, it, it could be a really, really good college football playoff championship at the end with uh, what I think will be Georgia Michigan.
1: All right. Well, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think I'd be right on, in line with that, uh, Riley, my friend. Uh, have a great uh, Christmas, a great holiday with you and your family. We appreciate it so much. And go uh, Jack, we'll talk baby! To you soon. Come right? on, big one tonight, my Let's man. Go, big one tonight. I yeah, right, there's an excitement Come around on. the city. Yeah, uh, yeah. This yeah. this
0: is what's made Christmas so much better this right? year. We got something to root for, big time.
1: I mean, it's like and it's real. It's not like oh, when these 41 things happen, maybe something. uh we got the we got the reins to the horse, man. Charge, charge. Oh, I love
5: it. I love it. All right, enjoy
1: the game right, hopefully
0: we'll talk next week and yeah. be uh, yeah. looking forward to a Texans win.
1: We should. Yeah, we should. Uh, um, yeah, for sure. The Riley Report is back next Thursday, and uh, Hick will go more in-depth with you probably on those those uh, semifinal matches. You off next week? Where I are you am. Going? He, he took this week. I'm taking next week, and then, you know, uh, Happy New Year. Let's go. All
8: right.
1: <laughs> All right, my man. See ya. There he goes. That's, uh, well, I say I'm off. I'm actually... Um, suspended. Yeah, I'm going to be suspended for the... Four days next week. I'll go ahead and tell you. Look at this guy coming in. My God, you're looking old Let's with that go! scraggly beard. The cat is in and he is fired up for tonight's game. We're talking Jags next on the drill.
8: Oh, what's up, folks? He looks like some sort of.
3: Evil elf over there. I don't right. know about that scruffy gray you got over there. You like look it. a hundred. You like, you like that? Like that? It's growing. It's growing ever since we started the gift of floor with uh, with shark coatings. The beard started growing in white. Uh, I think I'm like Tim Allen and yeah. Santa Claus. I don't know. You might want to trim that thing down a little bit. I'm just saying. Are you gonna get? Are you about to become like big hairy beard guy? I don't know. I
1: can see you doing that. You know, the one that goes down to here, right? They all do. Where you got to
3: comb it out? Yeah, maybe not
1: that far, but like you know, Adam's apple deep at least. I don't
3: know. I don't know. I got. I'm gonna get. I get the barber to trim it up. He cuts the line. You know, shapes the lines there a little bit. I don't know. I might razor will do that, buddy. You Do that on your own. If you keep it, yeah, but it's it's better going to the barbershop. shop. Like that, kind of lay back, get that straight razor out, do a little talk. You know, talking, talking about the jags. Now, now it's good to go to the barber shop.
8: It's.
1: (laughs) I will say this: it's not like a metaphor. It's not something that's that's. Like, you know, fantasy, just the whole vibe just around town. It's just so much better mm. when they're winning and they have you. That game on Sunday, bro. Again, we just don't lose sight of this. Our last three home games, trailed the Raiders 17-0, came back and won the game. <laughs> gave up the game-winning <laughs> touchdown against the Ravens and then proceeded to drive the length of the field in 20 seconds. Oh, man. And then, uh, you know, beat the Cowboys in overtime with a pick-six return. Uh, those are the last three home games. This is a team that couldn't get out of their own way at home for a decade. I mean, there are certain things about an NFL, a successful NFL team. There are certain boxes you have to check. Winning at home is one of them. The good teams in the NFL go seven and one, eight and one, seven and two at home. We're trending that way. And you got to win the division. And bottom line, if the Jags win the division, uh, going out here with with Houston, and and we'll get to the Jets first, but Houston and Tennessee, they're going to win the
3: division. You look at our four best years. Obviously, those four great years: 96, <laughs> 97, 98, and nine. We were seven and one at home every single one of those years. And and then like to your point, that it proves your point. Yeah, you got to yeah. go seven and one, six and two at worst. Yeah. Well, now whatever, six and three, seven it depends, and whatever. You know, for, well, those but you got have London, to, so. You have to do that. that. That's that's the given and it's almost as if somebody from the ticketing department is writing the script on these games because the ticketing department has to be loving this. The phone's got to be ringing off the hook. When you got exciting games like that, exciting ends.
8: Sure.
7: I
3: mean, when I'm watching that, 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 and you, same thing. Anybody who's been a a fan of the Jags for a long time, Chris Hudson running the blocked field goal back. Uh, Mike Thomas, the Hail Mary, you know, uh, even, I even said, and obviously the Colts, you know, 59-yarder from Scobie, but I even said the New Orleans game.
1: Yeah, that was a crazy ending.
3: The New Orleans game where they they go they throw it all over the place and we're like, you got to be kidding me! We thought we scored, won the game.
1: Then he missed the extra point.
3: I'm already after that story <laughs> backstory, Saints game. If everybody remembers this one, the, the is like 99. Probably, 99. Right? Maybe they, probably after maybe that. after that, but they're throwing the ball. Yeah, they're throwing the ball all over the place on the on the kickoff. To it's the end of the game. and The, the Jags game's over. Seven. Yeah. We won. Yeah, we just scored. Sure. And it's over. There's no way that, that they can whatever. They run the ball back on all the the hail marys or whatever. Not the uh, the flea flicker thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm already going to get beer. Like, in the suit, I'm already like, hey, cool, I'm going to go get beer. And I hear this commotion, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I run out there, and I'm like, what the heck? How, do we, how are we losing? We're going to lose this game in overtime. We're going to overtime, we're going to lose this game, and then he misses the extra point. Wait,
1: and he, it was John Carney, I believe. Yeah. He was an excellent kicker. The I extra mean, point. One of the best. In, we've had a couple of fortunate kick misses. Now, that one didn't have near the But you, t- you
3: talk about the roller coaster of a fan, like the highs the and lows. The biggest of
1: ever, though. It'll never match Morton Anderson missing that kick.
3: Oh, God, yeah. I mean,
1: that. that's just as exciting as this was the other day, as exciting as Mike Thomas, as exciting as any of the others. When he missed that kick, that was just like that. A, one's definitely the that's high. breathtaking.
3: Definitely the high because, and again, the reason I brought the Saints one up is because the high of the, the emotional high based off of the moment right before. Like, Dallas, the game wasn't over. You know, they were driving. We were hoping we could still win this game in overtime. Sure. The Morton Anderson thing, it's over. It's Everybody over. in the stands is, yeah. I'm, I'm banging my head. Yeah. It, everybody's just it's like a, deflated. Like, what
1: is it, 31-yarder, I think.
3: Oh, yeah, you're at the bottom. Yeah. You're, you're at the bottom of your emotions. This guy is all a Hall of Famer. To he never missed. Yeah, that was crazy. 31, to miss from 31 was just. You, you hit it on the head, though. It's good to see. We've talked about this for years. One of the, my favorite parts about being the mascot was when the team is good, seeing what it does to the city, going out in those schools, going out in those, all the charity events, all these things, the kids everywhere.
1: We're sh- there's a shared pride. We're all yeah. in that. There's so much that we disagree on in society, and I don't mean like now. Like, Ooh, it's I don't. I don't play this death knell game that everyone plays about disagreement or otherwise. But
3: dystopia. But
1: you know, you have different favorite college football teams. You vote for different parties. Yeah, sure. You, you go to different churches or not at all. Yet. When it comes to the Jags, for the most part, and what's great about this city is even the transplants that are initial love is for other teams, they jump on board pretty quick with yeah. with the love. There's a few that just to be that way yeah. are anti-Jag. But if you're down here and you're a Steeler fan or a Niner fan or whoever it might be, and the Jags get rolling, you enjoy it. And it's, yeah, it, and, and, and that, you know, for that to continue, they need to go on the road, they need to win tonight.
3: Incredible to see the run happening. Like you said, I mean, yeah, the win tonight would be – Golly. I mean, it, it, we're still – even Even if we lose tonight, it's not dead yet. Obviously, we need no. we need the Titans to lose again. Well, but right I, now, we control it. So, to win these last, next three, oh, man. That I would, would be...
1: almost not – if you're a Jaguar fan, I mean, whatever. There's, I would almost not worry about what the Titans are doing. And here's what I mean. The Jags can win the next two weeks, and the Titans can win the next two weeks. You still have to beat the Titans in the season. End. It right. comes down to that one. There's oh, yes. no scenario where – the Jags are, have it clinched when the Titans come to town, so I would worry if I'm the Jags about beating the Jets, beating the Texans, and then playing the Titans because you have to, that, you have yeah. to beat the Titans either way, no matter what happens.
3: That's got to be one of the two and one wins at worst. You do, yeah. The Titans are three
1: and zero, but man, I, I, mean it's it's easy to get nervous about going to Houston. We've not played them well worth the flip all these years. To speak to our point about yeah. home field, would you say the three best teams in the AFC are are the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals? Yeah, that's all right. Right Bills are six and one at home. Bengals are five and one at home. Chiefs are five and one at home. i bet the NFC is pretty simple. Would you say that the best teams, at least by the best, te- the two best teams in the NFC, are, are they not? Are the three aren't they? Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco. Yep. All right. Philly six and one at home. Yep. Dallas is seven one at home. Uh, San Francisco is six and one at home. And by the way, the Vikings, who have the second best record, none of us consider them the second best team, are seven and one at home as well. You want a ticket to the top of your division. Win your home game. Go six and one, seven and one, eight and one at home. It'll it'll come a lot quicker than
3: well, that, you that- would think. That uh, of course brings up the whole London thing as well, and one of the reasons why a lot of people like myself and others don't like the London game because it it gives when us you become con- a contender, we have not faced that right. yet. Now that we're starting to get to that, you know, it, it becomes a competitive disadvantage.
1: Ah, uh, maybe, maybe I don't, it, I, I don't know if it's a competitive disadvantage, but you do maybe lose a competitive advantage. Am I? Am I? Is that semantics? I don't know. I, don't, I don't know if you have less a chance of beating the opponent on the road, but you certainly want to be. Yeah. You know, here's a let's be real.
3: Home games, you just home our, games home, are... our
1: three biggest home wins, the last three games we played. It was more partisan in London than it was in Jacksonville.
3: Sure, sure. <laughs> I a lot, mean, lot of people, a lot of people.
1: We're right now still at half the it's stadium. Not a, it's as the not other about team. the crowd. It's about the travel. It's about the travel. But it's the about other the routine. But still, yeah. I mean, that's there's arguments both ways, but I get your point. Uh, um, for sure. Now you suddenly, I mean, let's don't kid ourselves. What what's driving you here as much as your love of the Jags <laughs> is that will. Which just seemed just ready to chop your head off as you went at you went crazy after they won at the Chargers. You guaranteed the Jags would make the playoffs or you would spin the wheel and there was no punishment for anyone else. And now lo and behold, just somehow and I've got I won't get into the text change to prove just how sure you were you'd screwed that one up. I will let you instead revel with this narrative that you knew it all along.
3: Never a doubt. There you go. In a, I yeah. always knew we'd sure. be right here yeah. at okay. this point with yeah. three
8: games to go controlling our <laughs> <Yeah>. destiny <laughs> to make the playoff. Well, they
1: do. It's amazing. And we've gone from, you know, all along we said we want to play me- meaningful games. And this is more than meaningful. We're that... playing big games. We're playing, you know,
3: division-deciding games. That's more than meaningful. You're hearing all the talk. You see people saying it on there, but it's like that Trevor Lawrence should win comeback player of the year this year. Because of everything last year, like the whole team. And that's what makes it even more like, wow. And we t- now, we granted, I, I will, I will pat myself on the back when we said, Hey, there's something special about this team. And I also said it earlier was like, what we went through last year was so negative and terrible that like the universe owed us. Like, I, I here's your, here's your yin and yang. I, like I'm, last year was the worst of the worst, the bottom, rock bottom. And now this year, that's what makes it even that much crazier is like where we are now, a year ago. With three games to go, you remember what was happening? Of course. Yeah. Like, folks, this is Dude, I, I, don't, is know if, I don't know if you've
1: heard this. Dad. I busted this one out earlier. It's worth repeating. Then we'll come back and do the five pack, which is a disaster in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten backdoor railroaded, last second lost. Five Easy. Over, five, it's not 9 o'clock yet. Five, o'clock, five times. Five times in the last two weeks, I've had the game in hand with a minute to go and lost games. I'm reeling. Anyway. So, fade my picks. I am just strictly doing this for the wheel of torture. That's it. I'm not, gi- I'm not giving you guys. Don't not take my picks and use them. Whew. If you do, do it at your own discretion, or you're going to get backdoor hammered, okay? Have, That's how it works. We have cost Listen to this stat, though, man. And I know analytics can be twisted a thousand different ways to, to suit your purpose. But these are pretty standard, straight-up numbers that you can comprehend, all right? Games in which a quarterback in NFL history has had 105 passer rating or better with 30 or more attempts and 70% completion percentage with at least a touchdown and no interceptions. So, to have a game where you throw for where you throw over 30 times for 70% completion where your passer rating's over 105, where you have touchdowns,
3: at least one and no picks, okay? I'm seeing a five-circles Venn diagram. Okay, well, I'm just telling (laughs) you. And and I think I know who's in the one little start. Well, there aren't aren't
1: that – that's not that – those aren't crazy categories, though. We're not talking about best third down against the Blitz with four – I love those. Right? (laughs) This is just standard, right? all right. Trevor Lawrence has had six such games like that this year. Half of the games that Trevor Lawrence has played this year, he's had 105 passer rating with 30 attempts at 70% completion with touchdowns and no picks. Okay, six times. You know how many other uh, quarterbacks in AFC history have done that? Mm. Mahomes and Allen and Brady and
3: Because of the lead-in, I'm going to go real low, and I'm going to say there's only two. Zero. Wow.
1: He's the first quarterback in the history of the AFC, and by the way, he's done it in 14 games. Do you know how many quarterbacks in NFL history have done that? One, Drew Brees in 2013. You want to know what the ceiling
3: is here for Jacksonville? There's a real good indication. And it also obviously shows how Trevor goes, the team goes, because those six games, I'm thinking those might be—are they all the wins? I doubt it, because we've had games this year, right, where
1: we've won the time of possession. We've won the turnover battle. Trevor's over. We had a couple of those marquee games. No team has ever lost when the quarterback does this and the rushing game does that and you win— But I was just one of those six games
3: of those six games. Are they all the wins? No, (laughs) I'm telling you, no, because we've had games this
1: year where we've defied logic and lost a game that you thought you would win because um, because of something. But yeah, that's uh, because of blowing games at the end. That's how with the defense is blown games in the fourth quarter.
3: I like to only compare those type stats in the last five years because NFL history, you can't compare well, passers now to yeah, passers in the 80s. Yeah,
1: but we're not – Trevor, you can compare it to the whenever. You can compare then. the greats, yeah. I mean, you can – okay, just go to – we've been playing this game now for 20 years. Yeah. Or it's just pass. Let me. I'm going to tell you the games that he had, those by the way, and then we will uh, come back with a five-pack. I guess we'll ring Hick up and he sends you picks, E.T.
3: He sent the pics. Oh, he sent them to you. All right. We'll, oh, he, he doesn't even want to talk to us. All right. I'm going to lunch with him. He doesn't he, even want to talk he to us. He hit that
1: standard uh at Tennessee. So that was a win. mm mm-hmm. um, He hit that standard against the Ravens. That was a win. He hit that standard against Kansas City. That was a loss.
6: Mm.
1: All right. He hit that standard. Yeah, most most but, of them are wins. Actually, the 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 both the Chargers and the Colts were wins. Five of his five of the six wins, he hit that number. The only I mean, one he did that's pretty normal.
3: How your quarterback goes, if you got the how that guy plays, is usually going to be a barometer of wins or losses. That's pretty easy. Yeah, um, yeah. Sure. He also had a game. You forget he went twenty to twenty-two at Indy. Yeah, right. And again,
1: we lost the game. There are those situations as well. All right, come back and offer up my meager. Um, opportunity at the five pack cat uh, can update us on the standings no one did what'd you go 3 and 2 yeah no i think
3: i i thought i went 2 and 3 2 and 3 yeah, yeah I mean, we're terrible as a group we're bad. just terrible we, we got, cost the gugans yeah, their two christmas weeks in bonus
1: in a, We'll update on you i mean it's a fight for survival now there's only 3 weeks left in this shindig who
3: wants to win it
1: i don't want to lose it i don't care who wins it the five pack <laughs> is next all right, um let's come back. We'll uh take the baseline for a walk, keep the symbol splashy. Yep. Her cat's got the just the dirty details of what's we've just I I, I was sitting plus seven and red hot and I look up now am I'm, I'm one under I'm underwater in this stupid game
3: yeah you the last couple weeks the Googans I would like to just as a public service I apologize to all Googans all of us on behalf of the entire five pack we have lost your entire Christmas bonus if you true. followed all our picks yeah. Dan and Jeff Dan Dan remember Dan got to the positive he got to plus three mm-hmm. he's gone one in four like three straight weeks yeah and you 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 dropped off quite a bit from 7 you went one you went 0, 04 and 1 last week and right. 1 and 4 the week before right. i went 2 and 3 and i'm like three. barely yeah. hanging on 2 and 3 a couple weeks in a row they all count
1: it doesn't matter you know it's not like you come in to cool. say oh i had great but i got three late winners but nope. i just got back to death it's annoying but yeah, and that, I'll tell you something else I'm done with. You ready for this one? What you got? I am not betting a college bowl game ever again as long as I live. <laughs> it's The game now. has changed They're too tricky, much.
3: Man. They're tricky. It used to
1: be easy. You used to know. You know You know. teams wanted to win. You know they were excited. You knew the atmosphere would be good. These guys, These teams are playing in these cavernous stadiums oh, so bad. with no fans, a, with guys already gone from the transfer portal. I, I'm not doing it. I'm going on. I'll
3: take my chances with the NFL where at least I know these games matter. Yeah, you. you have to – to, to bet the college games, you have to know somebody on that team to know that that team's taking it seriously. I mean, and like there's a college game tomorrow that I like and I would normally jump on. I'm just not going to do it.
1: Not right, going to well, do it. So, all right, we'll plus get started. Five,
3: plus five for me, minus one for you, minus six for Dan. All so. right,
1: again, the, the goal here is to not be last. So, I mean, Hicken is, thank God, he's been worse than I have. To Because to, I was seven, he was three. I've actually gone one in 404 and one in game. Not great. We gained crazy. because of the week before. So um, all right. Um,
3: so what, what do you want to do? You want me to lead since I'm leading. Yeah, you can go ahead. All right. Well, we'll just get this out of the way, folks. The uh, the streak is alive, so I'm not I'm not turning my back on it. Since I I always knew we'd be here at this okay. point of the season. Right. Yeah. My first pick, E. Yeah. Duval.
2: Good pick. There it
3: is. There oh. it is. They're plus two. I'm tonight. okay with that. Is you got plus two on the board there? I got plus it. two, plus two. Yeah, Jets going down. I tell you, ah, I, I tell you a bad. game that, that, that I I,
1: I don't have this, I don't have the stones to pull the trigger on. But you know, I mean, it has been almost every time when the line looks stupid, it's like I guess it wasn't stupid. And I don't know how the lines are only two and a half at Carolina. That tells me that Vegas does know why, and Carolina's going to win that game straight up. I don't know why there shouldn't Detroit be a six point favorite there, cat. wouldn't people bet Detroit minus five? Let me find that one. That's crazy. I'm not not playing it. That's not it. I I don't understand this line, too, so maybe it'll sucker me in. I'll take the Browns minus three at home against the Saints. Give me New Orleans, fresh out of the deep south in that indoor arena, going up to Cleveland against the best rushing team in football that's going to be snowed in all weekend. So that'll give me something to watch on um, uh, Christmas Eve.
3: I will take the Browns. Minus three. It's minus three now. I got minus two and a half on
1: well, here. Well, my bookies where I'm all going to. Right, no, i d- yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd happily take minus two and a half, but that wouldn't be fair. I all just right. wanted to see. So yeah. That
3: means obviously, okay.
1: All right, Dan gets two. What do you got?
2: E. His first two. His first two. Uh, he has. uh you got. You took the Browns minus two and a half, right?
1: Yeah, that scares me that he took it. No. Uh, <laughs>
2: he
1: ain't exactly been <laughs> I mean, all due respect. I'm just as bad. Hey, that was That's the, probably not a quote,
2: good sign. That was the first one on his list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great, <laughs> Niners yes. minus seven versus Washington.
1: Okay, uh, that I don't like that one a bit. So good,
2: I and then
3: like, I like he, the Commanders in that. Yeah, I do too. I don't like that at all.
2: And then he has Miami minus four and a half versus Green Bay. Um,
1: <laughs> let's see. Miami is at home on Christmas Day. Miami oh, minus. Uh, he actually gets him for minus four. Minus four.
3: Yeah, that's that's not good for him.
1: Um, yeah, uh, no bueno. <laughs> I, not a, not a huge fan. I'm just gonna say. All right. All right, uh, you're you're I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the better team here and ride some some Minshew magic. I I'll I watched Dallas play last week. I saw Houston play Dallas the week before. At some point, we gotta. You are what you are, and Dallas is a good team. I I will
3: happily take the Eagles in five fat points, even with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I th- yeah I th- I think Minshew if he does he, no matter what happens there if, if Hurts plays that means it's okay like but if Minshew p- plays yeah. dude that's a game that he will go out and win Nothing and to he'll lose. be he'll be yeah. punching his dad at the end at the bus you know like he'll be hugging his yeah. dad uh, fired up at that one all right um oh, let's see so so you you picked Cleveland right or he picked Cleveland yeah he, I picked Cleveland but he also had picked him oh you picked Cleveland but they're they're mine on the board. You're like the other the other side I do but I'm not I'm not gonna go there I'm going uh I'm going oh man golly I I think I'm gonna go yeah I'm gonna go Panthers I know you talked about the game, and I tried to I tried to uh, keep a straight face.
1: Oh, you you were on that one already. I tried yeah. to keep
3: a straight face, like I was just trying to find it. I, I now is the Carolina, line
1: making you do that, or do you really think Carolina's is going to cover? Because my gut would say that
3: Detroit stays hot and wins the game. Here's here's what I'm going off of. Last week, like the the public got a ton of money, like they, it, and so this week I think the this line is too stinky. Because you just stinky. said it, Detroit should be. Much more favored over the over Carolina, and it's only this low. I'm taking Carolina to cover that. Something's up. All right, you get another one. Carolina to cover that, and then I'm going with Belichick. I know he doesn't have all the same stuff he used to have. I know Joe Burrow's coming into New England. They're ten and four. They need it too. But Belichick at home, three point dog. Give me, give me Belichick.
1: What are you doing?
3: New England at home versus the Bengals. What you? Oh, plus wait, wait, wait. three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. All yeah. right.
1: Uh, I liked that one. I'm disappointed with you for. Taking it, let me. There we go. I went down. I was thinking. You said Brady. I was thinking Bucks, and they play at Arizona. That got me all confused. All right, so we've got. I got, got New England. I got Carolina three. and New England. Yeah, so I, no, I got Jags, Carolina, yeah. New England. Yeah, so I got far, Patriots plus three.
3: Uh, I'm gonna ride
1: the uh, hot team while fading the biggest pretender in the NFL, and I'm gonna play the Giants getting four and a half at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Vikings. How many? You know. Every game's a one-score game, so a one-score game here might very well uh, do us right. Um, look, sometimes all it takes is that one spark. And Brian Daybowl and the Giants had a really nice win at Washington, so I'll, 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 I'll saddle them up again here and take the Giants plus four and a half at Minnesota. All righty. Get two from Hick.
2: All right, Hick has the Vegas Raiders plus two. against Pittsburgh. Okay. This next on his list. I
3: like Pittsburgh in that game. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Dang. He... <laughs> and I'm not just saying it that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm terrible. I have so his first two picks. I had Washington and Pittsburgh as my last two of of like seven or nine picks I have here. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying this with any like
1: scoffing. I'm terrible, but yeah, I would. I would also tend to think it's just weird Pittsburgh. I don't see Pittsburgh on the. Oh, here it is. Yet. All
3: right, so he, he went Pittsburgh and who else?
2: And then he has the L.A. Rams plus two versus Denver.
1: Hmm. All right, Rams plus two. It's back to me.
3: That stings. All
1: right, I will. Um, he took the Raiders. You're telling me he took the Raiders plus two and a half. I don't understand that, man. They're at Pittsburgh. They're celebrating Franco Harris. It's the immaculate he reception.
3: Also, he also took Rams. I had Rams plus two and a half. You got him at plus two.
1: Uh, the Rams are. I didn't look. Hold on. I, I got too excited. To, uh, the Rams are two and a half. Yeah, two and a half for his All Rams. Right. All right, Rams plus two and a half. I All am. Right. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna. Uh, this. This. Look, I'm opening myself up here. Or I'm also capitalizing. I'll take the Steelers. Um, I'll go. take the Steelers at home with you know with everything that's gone on there uh, these last few days and big heads up. Yeah, I mean it's two and a half, so I'll take the Steelers minus two
3: and a half. All righty. Uh, I should check this first. Are we you allow- have two? These are your last. Yeah, two. my last two. Are we are we allowed to pick the Monday night game? I think where we are, you can. Okay. Um, because he took my Rams pick. I was going to avoid this Monday night game. But I'm going to go with it now. Uh, the Colts. The Colts, I got them at four and a half point underdog with the Chargers coming to town. Yeah, they're four and a half, plus four and a half. Nick Foles goes under center for them this week. I'm taking the Colts. It makes no sense. Uh, I'm taking the Colts to cover four and a half points. Okay. And then my last pick, I will, uh, this was down on the list, but I'm going to go with it. The game is tonight. gonna give you something to gamble on tonight, folks. Baylor, Air Force, and okay. the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, which you should think our Air Force deserves to win, but yeah. Yeah. it's in Fort Worth. I think Baylor's going to have a big big crowd supporting them there. I'm going Baylor to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread okay. that they are favored on. I, I, that was a shockingly low. Seems weird, right? It does they they should. Odd. They should. They should pump. I mean, no, they lost their last three. Baylor lost their last three, so they look terrible right now. But they should. You know crush what? I'm going to give
1: a Friday degenerate special. I can't help it. I'm going to dip back into the college game, even though I should probably stay away.
3: Raging Cajuns. I'm going to
1: take a total. I'm going to take the sucker play. I think Houston may get to this number on their own. Actually, before I before I absolutely um, put this in stone. Yeah, I got it. Yeah.
3: The Independence Bowl. It's my first bowl yeah, game. I got a
1: team that's you know this uh, Louisiana scoring 25 a game, Houston scoring 100. I'm gonna play over 57 Houston against Louisiana, fighting Billy Napier bowl. Um, I
3: looked at that one. It's gonna be 30 degrees there. In I don't board.
1: care. I don't care if it's five degrees. Then it'll be 80 to nothing instead <laughs> of 90. To nothing. I'm taking. I'm taking. Houston. Houston. Over. Sucker Raging play. Cages, Vegas still over. loves me. They're just smiling at me walking up to the window with <laughs> yes. that over 57. All right, Dan Hickens, last pick. ETS will wrap it up. He
2: had the over. He, he's um, Well, next is Baylor Baylor Air Force over 43.
1: Okay, that's it. Mm hmm. Baylor. Yes, tonight. Over 43. All right, she got Friday a couple to tonight. special. I gave you a Friday Degenerate special. That's a Thursday Degenerate oh, Thursday. special. Of course, you got Cat playing the Jags tonight, so. Uh, that's in play. But there you go. There's the five-pack. Proceed with caution, Googans. <laughs> Hopefully, we got better news to report uh, next week. Cat, enjoy the game tonight. Don't go too crazy, but uh, whatever you do, get me a win. How about that?
3: Let's go, Jack! All right,
1: we got a lot to get to in the final. All right, <laughs> uh, from the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. I know it hurts to say, but the U is fourth in recruiting. But, yes, let's continue to highlight 10th and 20th. Time to play Guess Jeff's response to the text line this morning. The text again. Here's how it came in. I know it hurts to say the U is fourth in recruiting, but yes, let's continue to highlight 10th and 20th. What did Jeff respond? Move to Miami. (laughs) I don't want to tell you. You want to count? You want to? We'll take a head count. Florida State fans in the listening audience and Miami fans in the listening audience. In fact, Miami fan, don't make me take a head count of Alabama fans in the listening audience versus Miami fans in the listening audience. Or Georgia fans. Or... Stay in your lane, boss. You know they're fourth. What do you want me to tell you? Huh? What do you want me to tell you about the Miami recruiting class? They're fourth. Apparently, you knew that already. Meanwhile, the two teams that are most followed in, I don't know, our listing audience, which we tend to, we think it's good business, cater to. In addition to touching on, you know, on all aspects and all programs. Um, and, and again, you know, did we not learn anything from last week's interchange with the Dallas boys? Et, man, I'm
2: does my sure man we'll want do to?
1: Does he want like when I say move to Miami? Does he want to come back to me with something there? You no. think that's a good move? Is that a good career move or bad career move? Come at me, bro. If he if he <laughs> says move to Miami and then so he comes back to me with move to Atlanta, is uh, this where I again have to school him a little bit on what the listening audience's preferences are? Do it, and it'd be like eighty percent Braves fan, my man. So I don't know what 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 other Atlanta do we talk about on this radio show other than the favorite baseball team in Jacksonville? You got another one, huh? You want to talk Isaiah Wong and Canes basketball? That that do your heart uh, good enough there? So uh, yeah, we talk about Florida and Florida State because they are, have been, and always will be the two most followed and most alums and and all that good stuff. So you know there you have it, and um. Maybe I will move to Atlanta one day and get some season tickets to the Braves game and uh, look forward to the summer. Stay with us in the summer you get all kinds of Braves talk. It'll be terrific. Looking forward to it already. Uh from the uh, Texan designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Miami has fans who knew. Huh, interesting. Dang. From the uh, Texan Roll Tide, Roll Tide. Um uh go go damn Knowles. Can I say that? Yeah, you're not getting a lot of not getting a lot of back man. You ain't got a lot backing you up here. Uh, from the text line uh, by Lifetime is uh, in, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. why all of a sudden Jets favored by two, yeah, that's a fair question. I don't know. Is it the weather forecast? Why has Jacksonville taken off these last six weeks? Spoiler alert: sixteen. Trevor Lawrence, he's been carrying them. He's been firing off these ungodly numbers: seventy percent completion percentage, hundred and twenty ratings, all touchdowns, no what is it? Fifteen touchdowns total and one pick. Last six, seven weeks? Well, that, that part of the game plan is going to be a little bit more difficult to execute tonight. So here's the very latest on what you can expect from the weather. At kickoff, 7 o'clock. I'm sorry, 8 o'clock. It'll be 49 degrees, which is, that's fine. That's not the problem. Except that it's a 100% chance of rain with 15 mile an hour sustained winds. At 9 o'clock, it'll be 100% chance of rain, 17-mile-an-hour sustained winds. 10 o'clock, 100% chance of rain, 16-mile-an-hour sustained winds. And as the game reaches its conclusion, 11 o'clock at night, the rain will have been falling hard, consistently nonstop for three-plus hours. It'll be 99% chance of rain, 17-mile-an-hour winds. It is going to start raining. Uh, Today, about noon, and it is not going to stop until tomorrow at about 6 in the morning. And then it'll start up again, and then by tomorrow night, they may very well be looking at a white Christmas in New York, as weather is certainly a pattern all over the country. We've talked about this a little bit. What a dog schedule uh, we have in the NFL on Christmas Day. Is Christmas like too—you plan around Christmas too much, maybe, to— you know, to, to flex those games? Is that the thought? Like, it's easier to flex a game from Sunday to Sunday night. All you're asking a fan base is, hey, instead of four, you're going to play at eight. But if it's Christmas, right? Right? I mean, a lot of people have a lot of plans around Christmas. If you're a Jaguar fan and you know your team's playing on, you know, Saturday and you have all these Christmas plans, you don't want to now all of a sudden learn, oh, a change of plans. Maybe you'd have to do it way ahead of time. But it does seem a shame that the only three games in town on Christmas Day – all have fleas. I mean, you could argue Packers, Dolphins, but the Packers—you know—that's brand more than it is current condition. They're six and eight; they're not going anywhere. The Dolphins back home after three losses in a row. I would suspect lay one to the Packers in the early game. Why did I take that game? By the way, did tell? Ta- yeah, Hicken took the Dolphins. Never mind. That's why. Um, but at four thirty, so then you get all right. Listen, by the way. The one o'clock game is probably the hardest to watch on the Christmas holiday, right? You get up typically, at least it's always been around us. You get up, you do a lot Christmas in the morning. Kids get into the presents, you eat a big, you know, eat a big breakfast or an early lunch, and by and you get around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Things have usually settled. People have gone back uh, to their own spots, and and then you can settle in, and that's when, you know, that's when the fleas start hopping on you. We got Broncos Rams at four thirty, NFL. We deserve better. Hey, NBA, you got a bone. I mean, Christmas has always been your day. Thankfully, the NFL put, and by the, now look, and this shows you that, you know, this shows you how dicey an NFL season becomes. This was thought to be a marquee matchup. The Broncos had gotten Russell Wilson. The Rams were defending Super Bowl champs. They're four and 10. It's an awful game. And then the the night game. Again, the Bucks are 6 and 8. I guess I guess they need to win because, you know, their that division is so terrible. They still lead at 6 and 8. But the Cardinals are you know, they're down to their third quarterback. I mean, I don't want to watch that game with your eyes. That's a ugly game. Somehow, by the way, of the featured marquee games this week, Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, Bucks, Cardinals—all on Christmas Day. The Monday nighter, the prime timer is Chargers, Colts. Somehow, our Thursday night game, which in the beginning of the season would have been the throwaway game between the lousy Jags and the lousy Jets, it suddenly is maybe the best game of those featured games this weekend. I said this earlier. Get used to it. Especially if we come through and finish this thing off uh, and, and win these games and go to the postseason. There's still a possibility that the Titan game gets flexed. I, I'm not necessarily sure that it will. It depends really on Baltimore, Cincinnati. They also play the last week. So, you know, maybe Cincinnati's decided that division. I think if Jags-Titans are the only game to be decided, the only division to be decided, they may put that game in prime time. It'd be, what, a couple of 8-8 eight and eight football teams or an 8-8 eight and eight against a 7-9. and nine. So maybe they, we get flexed there. But regardless, say the Jags win tonight in prime time. Against the Jets. And then go on to the playoffs. Have a home playoff game, which I, to be honest with you, would expect them to win. Wow, how times have changed. So now they would have owned this primetime win. Trevor Lawrence is shooting up into like the top five recognition of the t- total quarterbacks in the league. You'd have a playoff win. And so now with Peterson and Trevor trending up in the postseason, we'll be all over primetime television next year. We'll be all over it. We'll have a couple of Sundays, we'll have a Monday, we'll, they'll throw us on a Thursday, maybe get one of the Saturday games at the end of the year. Yeah, the Jacks have all the elements for a team that will be very attractive in prime time if they turn the corner and, and win. Do, do, don't you trust, you know, Doug Peterson and his steady hand right now? I've gotten into the psychology of things the last two weeks. Remember when I went the psychological route after the loss to Detroit? You know, what psychology, remember he took the psychology to one-off, this isn't who we are, and they responded, didn't they? And now you had to follow that up at home. Now you've got a short week, all these little nuances. You know, Doug Peterson has ultimately the experience to to fall back on of being a Super Bowl-winning coach. The injury report is not the best. Um, the Jaguars again, listen, I told you about the weather, That swampy, cold, blustery, soaking wet weather. Doesn't exactly call for a passing shootout. So the Jets are going to try and run the football. The Jags are going to try and run the football. Jags have the better running back. The overall, if you're, if you're tipping the scales of where the Jags rank running it versus where the, the, the Jets rank stopping it versus where the Jets rank running it versus where the Jags rank stopping it. It's advantage Jags if it's a rush, if it's if it's a running game. With Brees Hall out especially, but not a huge advantage, but an advantage. Well, does that advantage get cut into a little bit by the fact that, you know, two of the guys really counted on in the run stopping part of the Jags defense are Trayvon Walker, who's going to miss a second straight game with an ankle injury and Foley Fadakasi, who is also going to miss tonight's game against his old team after injuring his ankle against the Dallas Cowboys last weekend. All right, so uh, the final, uh, I could even do better than four for our Miami friend, uh, and I've given this a number throughout throughout the day, but if you're, like, super ultra-sensitive and, you know, I guess need some sort of positive reinforcement every second of every day for people to talk about your team, even though no one in town much cares. Uh, Miami has been mentioned as number three uh, quite often today, in fact. But the top team in the recruiting rankings was Alabama. It was Georgia. Uh, then it was Miami. And then on to the two teams that by far have the most fans here in town. Uh, we'll start with the Florida Gators, who at number 10, probably made more he- more headway than than maybe they should. You could say the same thing about Miami. They had a miserable season on the field. Didn't even qualify for a bowl game. Um, it, their season, much like Florida's, had much higher expectations when they started than the way they finished. So, always impressive to tack on a recruiting class on the heels of a losing season. Billy Napier had to do that as well. Billy Napier's average um, recruits grade, it's it's the highest since they had the number one recruiting class. So, yeah, they only had 20 total recruits, but when it comes to the quality of that recruit, it was as good or better Um than it's ever been. Billy Napier talked uh, yesterday in his press conference about the importance of of recruiting the state that you play in, the Sunshine State of Florida.
5: I think it helps the evaluation process because you get more exposures uh, to the kid, to the family. They get more exposure to your staff and the University of Florida. So the more times we can get them here, I think that helps inform them of how special this place is. But also I think it helps us evaluate players.
1: All right. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And Florida, again, like 18 of their guys are listed as, quote, blue chips. That, that percentage of, you know, you're, you should be getting impact players. You don't have six or seven or eight down that are going to be more projected or, you know, don't come in as highly acclaimed. So, to that end, even with just 20 recruits, it's a, it's a pretty solid class for Billy Napier, again, especially considering it's a program that's lost seven games two years in a row. Over in Tallahassee, Mike Norvell continues to make inroads. Finished with just the 20th ranked recruiting class, but they are doing great in the portal. I saw a portal ranking of teams, and FSU was in the top five uh, when it comes to that, and that that's a game they've played very well the last couple of years. Uh, but they did get a five-star FSU with the 20th overall ranking, and this the operation offensive line rebuild is now just about complete. It has improved each year under Mike Norvell to more than standard this year. You saw the way FSU ran the football, and they did well in this recruiting class on the offensive line. You need that. It's been the reason FSU's been as bad as they've been. Um, many would argue. Norvell on the importance of that.
7: Just you talk about size, uh, you know, power, strength. I mean, you know, when you look at these guys that have come in, you know, they ha- they all have their own unique role in what they bring. Which you know, couple with the guys that we have here and the and the uh, um, the opportunity for that 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 growth. I mean, it's that, that's a position that's going to be a strength for us, and it needs to be. And you know i got to give a shout-out to those offensive linemen that we have on our current roster. we got real guys.
1: All right, so um, the the building of programs continues. Uh, Mike Norvell will see his uh, team end the season against Oklahoma. A chance to make another uh, impression, a chance to win 10 games this football season. Who's Miami playing their bowl, Lee?
2: I couldn't even tell you.
1: Yeah, I can. The invisible man. Yeah, five and seven don't get you there. (laughs) This is the All right, cruising on in. You're going to get a special edition of the fifth quarter tomorrow morning. Uh, kickoff time for that one, 7, 7 a.m., right? Hopefully, we're recapping a big Jaguars win on the road tonight. I did get this from the <laughs> text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. There is a difference in the way that it that it rains in different places. Like, Florida rain and New York rain can be different things. And the point here is, when it you know it'll rain, hundred percent rain, but it doesn't pour like it does. You know what I mean? You're not getting that monsoon where it piles up like it uh, would in in some uh, places. So, um, you know, if it look and that matters, if it's a sprinkly misty rain, that's a lot different than just back. You know, the sky's opening up and twenty mile an hour winds blowing it sideways on you. I'm going to stick with a question that ET asked back in uh, ETN many 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 moons ago, at least a couple of hours. And that was if there's one stat that the Jaguars if the if there's one stat that if the Jaguars win, that gives them, you know, the best chance to win. Doesn't mean they would definitely win. Like there is no stat that if you win the stat, you win the game. But what stat is most important to the Jaguars winning the game tonight? That would be probably the best way to describe it. By the way, Jaguars game day coverage will start at three o'clock here on Ten Ten XL ninety two point five. You're home for the Jaguars. It'll start at three o'clock with kickoff show. That'll take you right up and, you know, and they'll turn it off to Jaguars pregame. And uh, we got kickoff tonight, I believe, eight fifteen for these Thursday-nighters.
2: I believe so. Again,
1: on Prime uh, Video, hopefully the rain in New York uh, doesn't mean that Amazon can't even get a signal out.
2: It's on local channels as well. Yeah,
1: it is local, and people have called about that. I believe it's on Fox 30. And if I'm wrong about Fox 30, um, excuse me, hit your local... It's either Fox 30 or or CBS 47. It's one of the two because they have the Jaguars partnership. That's uh, the moguls station over there. So pretty sure it's Fox 30 tonight. So, yeah, uh, that's a good point. You know what? I've gotten so ingrained. I was thinking earlier today about making sure the prime is all set up. I don't have to worry about it. I can watch it on Fox you can watch 30. watch it on local. Who did the Jaguars game in, in London? Was that ESPN Plus?
7: I think yeah, that, was that was ESV. 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 Yeah, Plus. okay. Because
1: yep. I'm saying the local like, broadcast um, quality, of that was terrible. So, hopefully, transitioning from, from the prime to the local and getting out to us gives us that good, crisp HD picture that we've come to demand, all right? You want to see what's trending? Top five brought to you by Pet Paradise. Uh, again, I want to say, you know, wish everyone a happy holiday and Merry Christmas. Hope you have a terrific weekend. Hopefully, the Jags will get us off to a good start. Um, You know, heading into this this long holiday weekend. And, you know, hopefully you get some some time off to spend with friends and family. And I hope you get everything on your list. How about that? Good tidings. Number five. Brought to you by Pet Paradise. More than good tidings. You should get a, take a little trip there over the weekend. Spots are filling up with Christmas and New Year's. Well, make sure you are taking advantage and uh, hitting up PetParadise.com. It's time to go to your local Pet Paradise, the one closest to you. There is one close. There are eight or nine now around town, and they're growing all over the southeast because they've hit on how much you love your pet, and if you want your pet treated the best, you send it to the best, and that's Pet Paradise.
2: Lakers owner Janie Buss gets engaged to comedian Jay Moore Marr Jay Mar, yeah. Oh,
1: no, Jay Moore. Who now? Who's who? who? Jeannie Bus. I didn't even know that. Oh, you know, I did know they were dating. Yeah. We talked about this before. Jay Moore is like, yeah, he was on Saturday Night Live. He's right. been in some movies. He did Sports Talk for a while, believe it or not. Jay Moore. Really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, I always thought Je- Jeannie Bus was kind of hot. to Be honest with you, for winner Jay Moore. Yeah, for <laughs> getting on up there in age. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Jay Moore's kind of a polarizing dude. Like I said, he 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 like was a legitimate sports radio for years. I think he kind of headed up the Fox Sports Radio afternoon, uh, you know, the, the afternoon drive show. I don't know how long he has been out of that. He's a comedian and actor.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, but he'd probably get catch more controversy, catch more flack doing a sports show for those four years than any of the other things in his career.
2: For sure. Well,
1: good for them. Hope these two kids are happy. By kids, I mean 60 year olds.
2: Jay Moore is more like
1: probably my age or younger, though. I wonder what the difference is in age. I going to do a little recon here as you move on.
2: Uh, In a sad story, ex-NFL running back Ronnie Hillman, he passed away at the age of 31 after a canceled cancer battle. Ronnie Hillman, running back. Did he play for the Broncos? Yeah, he played for the running back. Super, the Super Bowl winning running back, he died on Wednesday following a battle with cancer, his family uh, announced. He was 31. Uh, yeah, it's,
1: just, it's terrible, man. It's a terrible disease. You know, my sister in law, we talked about this. We had a fundraiser a while back, and the, the kudos and thanks to everyone sent out prayers uh, for her. You know, she's dealt with it. You, you know, just about anyone in your life, It's a, just about everyone at some point is going to have someone in their life that has to deal with the cancer, and you don't always win the battle. And it's always harder when it's a young person like that. I mean, yeah, 31, man. Yeah. Uh, Jeannie Buss, a couple of deals here. She has the same birthday as Mrs. P, a date, not the same age. <laughs> September 26th. Uh, she beat, beat Miss P by, you know, a good solid almost 10 years. She was born in 1961. So what does that make her? Makes her 61 years old. Now we're going to go to Jay Moore. Does anyone really care about this but me? Probably not. <laughs> uh, he was born in 70. Yeah, so he's only 52. I- it's a big difference only between like 31 and 22 and 61 and 52. And there, I mean, it's like 61 and 52, you're like the same age, aren't you?
2: I date Jeannie Buzz, too, yeah, right oh, now. Man, no, I'm just like I said, I think she's kind of hot. <laughs> Get them like a ticket, girl. Of course, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> you want to go into that. Did you watch the uh, the, the show, the, the winning time? The winning time, uh-uh, you need to watch that, dude. You need to watch that.
2: Number three. Stranger raises $120,000 to help an 82-year-old Walmart worker pay her medical debt. So I'm down with it. The stranger, she 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 just goes into Walmart, and she's just curious on why is this old lady still working? Come to find out she only had $50 into her, in her bank account. And this is the power of social media. This is one of the good things of social media. So she went on TikTok, and she created a TikTok video. Okay. And within a couple of hours, she raised $5,000. A couple days later, you know, she kept going back. The the video went viral. She ended up raising a total of $120,000 to help this lady pay her medical bills.
1: The generosity, that I mean, it just comes with, like, hurricane victims or storm or cancer or J-Fund or children's hospitals or just people in need. It's just so uplifting any time of the year and this time of the year as well. And the sad reality is, is that lady who had her life changed by this. This generosity and this care. There are 100,000 others just like her out there on this Christmas season. Give a smile and, at the very least, uh, who you cross paths with in the next few days.
2: <laughs> Number two. Here's the title of this headline. My 19-year-old girlfriend's hoodie collection from 50 other guys makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it should. If your
1: girl's been with 50 guys, hoodies ain't your... Yo. Hoodies are the last of your problem. Not to mention, you've married a kleptomaniac, so... You better put your hoodies under lock and key as well. Right? Uh, what city did this come from?
2: Do we know? It didn't say. A right. uh, young man confessed to the internet that he's struggling to come to terms at his 19 year old girlfriend's collecting and keeping more than 50 sweatshirts from other guys. Right, Bad. so uh. I s-
1: now. I mean, we don't have all. The, is this 50 like sweatshirts from 50 different guys? Is this 50 total sweatshirts? Ugh, from,
2: yeah.
1: and, and at the end of the day, what about the just blatant thievery? Are you just a little bit concerned that you've married a thief? Bring back our hoodie, or that you're with a thief? Yeah, I mean, we
2: bring back when we break up. Yeah. give me my hoodie back. Yeah, me My basketball shorts, all of that.
1: People like hoodies. People like their hoodies. They get attached to their hoodies. I wear this time. I like the weather getting cold. I wear a hoodie every dead dead gum day. Et's got, one, got on one on right now. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your hands off my hoodie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> number one, and the number one trending topic: Your Jacksonville Jaguars travel yes, to sir! New York City. Let's go! Actually, what New Jersey, wherever they, them, 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 play at. But we're traveling to take on the New York Jets, and we try. Hey, we trying to control this division. As a matter of fact, we trying to go. We going to the Super Bowl, man.
1: I uh, uh, one step at a time, my brother. <laughs> and it'd be a big step winning tonight in New York. This is by no means the Jags aren't the favorite. I mean, we're high as kite right now on them after these last two weeks. New York is the favorite. The Jets have the better record. The Jets have the same, you know, goals and, and you know, lures as the Jags. You know, they have the, the same importance. They need to win to stay in the playoff chase. Should be a good game. You know, the weather's going to be a factor. Again, protect the football. We got some fumblers, man. Travis Etienne has fumbled. I, you know, he's been a fumbler. Trevor, as good as he's great as he's playing, the one thing that's still there is the fumbles. Those last two wins, he had fumbles. We just hopped on him. So protect the football. Protect the football at all costs. And that defense needs to step up. It has not played worth a flip in months. Also lost in our surge here is a defense that, without those turnovers the last two weeks, the Jags have lost those two games. The turnovers led to the win at Tennessee, and the turnovers won the game against Dallas. Now there have been other impressive developments and parts of the Jaguars' attack, but without those turnovers, you know it, that doesn't happen. So the defense needs to be one of two things: actually be the defense that showed up and shut out the Colts earlier this year, or keep producing those turnovers. That turnover margin is going to be oh so important. Right, I wonder.
2: That, I wonder if James Robinson will play revenge game for James Robinson. I don't. I don't.
1: Are you, <laughs> here's another way to look at it: Is there any fear at all towards James Robinson for you? No, not really. Right. I mean, it was, we kind of some some gripped more than others about trading James Robinson. Here we are. He, he may not even be active tonight. He's not. Now it's going to cost us a slot the draft, right? You thought mm-hmm. for sure he'd get that extra 140 Easy. yards or whatever he needed. Easy, and he's he's not going to get there. All right, I got one thing here that's been sent as far as trending, and then we'll call it quits. A test location for a fully automated McDonald's location in Fort Worth is open. It uses automated food ordering and a cashless payment system with employees in the kitchen cooking the orders. Location about half the size of a regular McDonald's. Uh, it has no area for indoor dining. The drive through window has a conveyor belt type thing and a basket to push the order out. This is where we are headed, my brother. Is that not... I mean, would not those types of, of, of jobs make up like right. millions and millions in the workforce. Isn't that how we learn work ethic young uh-huh. as young kids working at restaurants and doing that? Does anyone think of these things when they come up with these? Do we really need that? I mean does McDonald's really need another dollar on for every hundred saving the minimum wage they're paying the kid learning how to work Right. to oh, put it on a man. conveyor belt? Really? Uh, that's what's training brought to you by Pet Paradise. We will turn it over to Jaguars today next on 1010XL.
0: Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL, talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned
1: automotive repair shop. All right, we want a meaningful football. We got meaningful football. And by the way, uh, Nation, get used to our teal and black. I think this is going to be the first of a lot of primetime football coming the Jaguars way here in the next few years. And I mean, if this season ends the way we hope it does. Uh, Tony, and, and they mm-hmm. get through these th- three games, win the division, I think they'll win a home playoff game. And if you looked already to, to next year, you've got an ascending team with a playoff win and a franchise quarterback. I saw a couple yesterday listing, like, listing their quarterback rankings, like top five now. They're seeing what we're seeing. He's settling in there behind Mahomes and Allen and Hurts and, and <laughs> Burrow. So... Um, this could be the first of many, but first things first, got to get a win tonight, man. God, what a big game.
8: Yeah. I I hope all those people who redrafted last year's draft like six weeks ago (laughs) and had Trevor at like 10 or whatever in that draft feel as ridiculous as they should, um, with, you know, doing that kind of ridiculous mid season anyway is kind of silly, but yeah, um, they look real dumb right about now and we'll see what it looks like tonight. I'm, I'm nervous about tonight's game and have been. All week. Yeah, me too. Like, there's just so much of the weather I don't like. You know, the short week, I don't like. You're having to move some pieces on the offensive line.
1: Urgency for the Jets. They've lost a couple
8: in a row. They've I got mean, a home Sheriff game. and Taylor are coming in banged up anyway. You know, they're going to yeah. play, it sounds like, but they're both going to come into this thing banged up. You're replacing your left tackle, which I'm less nervous about with Walker Little, but it's something. And, so, you have,
1: and by the way, you have no wiggle room now, too. If yeah. you, lose another, you, know, you can't lose another tackle.
8: It's a lot, but they got the vastly superior quarterback. And a better coach. Yeah, which is where, or proven, coach. you know, the weather may neutralize that to some degree, which yeah. is why I'm as nervous about the game tonight yeah, as I well, am. Yeah,
1: what makes me nervous a little bit, too, is that, look, the Jags have gotten where they've gotten these last uh, seven weeks. You know, for, for much of this turnaround, uh, ETN went on a little sabbatical, right? They've done it with Trevor. And I know ETN had a 100-yard game last week. Yeah. It was a quiet 100. It didn't didn't jump out at you. But they've won with Trevor and these numbers and, the, and what he's been able to put up. And I, I think that will be limited some by the rain and the wind and – and a so very good defense. Be. Yeah. By the way, it would behoove you to run the ball on the Jets. That's where they're more susceptible. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not super susceptible anyway.
8: They've but if given it becomes a game, 13 passing touchdowns this year. Yeah.
1: If so, if you if it becomes a game where each team is going to be headstrong on running the football, it's going to be a little bit advantage Jags. If you match up Jags rush defense versus Jets rush offense and vice versa, it's a little bit of advantage for the Jags. So there's one thing that's very scary. I was telling you guys in the break, for what it's worth. But the way Vegas works, you know, if if all of the public is on one side, they'll move the line because they want to even out the money that's coming in. Sure. 80% of the money is on the Jags. 76% of the money is on the Jags, yet the line is moving more in the jet towards, you know, the Jets. It's gone from pick em to Jets minus two, which is screaming to you, you know, Get more people to bet the Jags. Yeah. I don't like that. It sounds like they're on to something, <laughs> but we shall see. We'll see. The Jaguars Today is coming up next. Uh, have a great show. Uh, have a Merry Christmas to, to you and, yeah, Merry uh, Christmas. and your whole crew as well. So, all right, we're out. Um, happy holidays to everyone out there. And um, you've been listening to The Drill on a custom tree Surgeon's Thursday.